Hello, fortune seekers. Do you hear that? Toss a coin to your game master. Oh, players of D&D. &D. Oh, players of D&D. &D. On today's episode, we are talking to Jack Panic about the highs and woes of running TTRPGs professionally. And Danny and I will see if we can survive his one-shot escape from Dead Mall. That and so much more on today's episode of the Mega Moth Studios Super Secret Podcast. Shh. Don't tell anybody about it. Hello and welcome back to the show, Fortune Seekers. I'm your host. Oh, I forgot to write the thing. That's the one thing I forgot. Ah, uh, well, I guess I'm your host, the forgetful Joel Watts. And as always, I am joined by... Danny. Also feeling somewhat forgetful because <laughs> I forgot to do anything for my intro as well. Oh, well, you usually, you're, you're such a good off-the-cuff guy that um, I just assumed you never wrote all, any of this stuff down. Um, I actually don't ever write anything down. <laughs> I, I knew it. I knew you were putting a show on. And today we are joined by professional game master and TTRPG system maker, Jack Panic. How are you doing today, Jack? I'm doing so well. Thank you for asking. Mm -hmm. How are you doing? I'm actually doing really fine now that we're getting into this, though I had to turn off the air conditioning at my house. So Ooh. audience, if you see me slowly get more and more glistening, you know why. Oh man, we're ready for that glisten. Everybody's, yeah. they're tuning in for that glisten. A hundred percent. You're right. looking well, good, Joel. Well, thank you very much, nice I know, yeah. I, hey, two days of running, it, you'd be surprised what it can do to you. And we're doing that so, <laughs> you know, we can build up our, our uh, tolerance. Or, or physical being for our Kickstarter. And we'll get more into that later. But okay. today we are going to talk to Jack about the advantages of playing, paying your TTRPG Game Master, wrestling with the TikTok algorithm, and he just might kill the two of us. We'll see. But Here's before hoping. that, <laughs> we'll say, hey, I'm, I, I'm a survivor, Jack. That's not true we'll at all. We'll see about that. So is Reba McIntyre. Oh, no, I think she still is. So. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so before that, I do have to ask you and Danny a question. Are you ready for the question of the week? Oh, yeah. Okay. So I will say we could have to, we could zig or zag here. We have a question that I want to do, which is a little more traditional. And then we have a question Danny pitched, which is a little bit more left field. So let's see how this one goes. And if this one falls apart, how about we maybe try Danny's question out? Um, okay. So I was thinking, Jack, you're a... You're a TTRPG guy. I'm sure you have Dungeons and Dragons experience in your past. So just to like really get the audience to know you and know like what your personality type is, you know, the it, it, screw astrology. What is your favorite class race combination in Dungeons and Dragons? And fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons? Let's I, I said classic in the the prologue. I guess I mean for me classic is third edition, but I know that that's you know, some people it's advanced. Let's just go five E base. Basebook okay. 5e. Okay. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Basebook 5e. Um, favorite to, to run? I haven't played a character. <laughs> I haven't played a character in a long time. Um, we'll get more into that, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, off, off, off the cuff, I'm going to have to go um, uh, dwarf, uh, dwarf anything. Dwarf barbarian, mm -hmm. dwarf fighter, dwarf bard, doesn't matter. Okay, the uh, dwarves. Yeah. Dwarves are dwarves, your guys. Yeah, dwarves. 
I dwarves, feel that. hobbits, any, anything, any of the short folk. I'm, I'm a big fan of those. So, uh, but you if know, I had I, to give you a con concrete answer, dragonborn, uh, dragonborn uh, uh, sorcerer. So, well, you went from you went from a, <laughs> a, a short king to a big no. guy. Uh, my actual favorite <laughs> class is wizard, and I tend to play human wizards because I just want to be Gandalf. In, in real life so yeah it, that was I mean, actually a follow-up i think that was an alternate question of the week was what who's your favorite wizard and why and i had a feeling it was just going to be a race to gandalf <laughs> that's why i didn't go with it that's fair. Sorry, anyway, you, have to, you have to get really clever <laughs> so so uh i can go second and because uh and because we might have to you know uh help danny a little bit with his answer but for me sure. i will i will lay out my 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 philosophies in some ways in this but in real life, if I could be anything from the D&D book, I would want to be a paladin. I mean, it's like, it's kind of like, you know, just classic hero. I'm a good, I, I like to think I'm a good guy. I try not to lie. I try to live by the law. I would like to help people out. I love paladins, you know, just that Superman mm -hmm. style Boy Scout All hero. All questionable claims. <laughs> yes, Danny knows. Danny <laughs> well, knows yeah. my shadow self. That's the thing. <laughs> you have, you have, you have the the at least the illusion of self like parameters you, you you have a code that you like to follow and it helps you guide your decision making you have a exactly. nice paladin face you have the, yeah. the face of a paladin i give you that thank you okay but i do i do when it comes to playing the game i really like to contrast my class and my race so i like to go with something a little off the wall and usually what that means is playing the goody two shoes but making them a half work that's like i don't know my that's my okay. go-to race it, i think it has the most For sure. uh, uh, you know contrast the most like off the wall, this character, just seeing a picture of them would tell you most of their story. But for the record, mm -hmm. all my half-orcs are hot. I only play hot I've never met a, a half-orc that was not hot. So I, don't, yeah. I think that, that we can all agree that, that uh, even even full orcs, I love I love me some some orcs. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a reason like there's half-orcs like out there because people do love them yeah, some yeah, full of course, orcs. Of course. So Danny, I know you're um, not as first in fifth edition D and D. So if you if you want to ask us questions or kind of, you know, sure. you know, kind of state some ideas and maybe we can help guide you into what you might be best suitable for you. Okay. What what is D and D? <laughs> oh, this is going to be a dorm long rooms episode. and drinking. <laughs> yes. I, I've I've done exactly one campaign. It lasted one session. I did die. So I guess I have to default to what Full I played. Full experience. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, admittedly, I probably didn't do it right, uh, but uh, we, we're gonna have I, to talk about that. We're gonna have to talk about that because <laughs> that is an outrageous claim because you can't do it wrong. But well, I think I, think I, think I got would, pretty damn close to it. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I think I pushed the limits of of what's uh, right and wrong in D and D. Uh, I don't think my party liked me very much. The uh, <laughs> I played a furbog druid. Is that what it is called? A furbog? Is that a thing? I uh, who knows how it's supposed to be pronounced. I think <laughs> the Forgotten Realms has the most ridiculous naming conventions. But I, I say fur, furbog, fur, furbog, furbog, furbog. Druid. That's kind of like Dru Germanic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For the record, my character was not hot. Uh, he was hungry, but <laughs> he was not hot. <laughs> So uh, that's, that's all I got. Yeah, uh, for, for Druid, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, so that, that's what you played. Um, but uh, now the question is, did you enjoy the experience? And we can guide you. It, it, like as far as maybe not the table experience, but as interfacing with the actual mechanics of the class and the aesthetic of it. Did you did you like being the cow man who wasn't very attractive, or should you have been a tiefling all along? 
I, I don't hot. know. I mean, here's the thing. Yeah. And, and this was probably the number one mistake. First time playing. All the other people playing were first time players. And the person DMing was a first time DM slash player. So no one knew yeah. what they were doing. Sure. So yeah. it was definitely kind of uh, figure it out as we go along. And I think we all were quite confused most of the time. So I would say I, I, I don't know that I had a pure enough experience to, to grade how I felt. That's right. I enjoyed myself, I think. Um, but I don't think I was. I think. Uh, I love, I, you love the certainty <laughs> of that. The, I, super you certain. Know, it seems like something I liked. Um, but uh, I'm ready to be converted th- with a real, a real yeah. true role-playing experience. I, think and I have what, a great character lined up here that I think is going to be nice. fantastic. I, I think what Danny probably, if I'm to read between the lines, what Danny liked about playing the character was that he trolled everybody at the table just a little bit. Am I, am I, I wrong? I'm not big of a troll. I don't Okay. I don't, I don't, I'm not always out to troll. Only not, okay. okay Furbolgs are, are slightly significantly shorter than trolls as well. So it's that's not true. A, yeah. That's true. We're yeah. talking Point about case. Yeah. Case yeah. closed. Sorry, counselor. I'll, I'll, I'll stand down. I'll Judge stand Jack. Down. <laughs> um, but I guess, I guess what I would go to just to, to, to round, round this out is, is there a character, Danny, that you particularly identify with or would want to Im- a- a take, you know, embody from fiction? That's usually like my yeah. go-to for recommending uh, what people play. Gandalf. Mm-hmm. Okay. There you go. Yeah, there, you go. <laughs> there you go. I think that, yeah. that, uh, that, that to piggyback off of this just for a second, I, I think that one of yeah, it's really good advice, Joel, uh, to think of the fiction you you want to inhabit, think of the characters mm-hmm. you like, and make a little grab bag. Don't try to be too original. Um, I think the originality comes from the moment to moment, and not from mm. just necessarily the, the the ideas that we put into it. Um, otherwise, we'd be writing books or like solo TTRPG, like like the whole. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, I, I think that I think that uh, I think that you know if you if you, if you next time you play just play just play that human wizard just play that mm-hmm. play that simple concept and I, I bet you'll I bet you'll enjoy it. Uh, yeah, not I'm to get too to much it. on a rant soapbox, but you bring up such a valuable point, Jack. I that is the clip that's going on TikTok. I'll tell you what, because if I had one critique of D and D players, the more unique your character is on paper, the more boring it is to play with you most of the time. Yeah, it, it's a it's a it's a mixed bag. It doesn't give the result mm-hmm. I think that is intended. Uh, it can happen. I mean, I, I have a lot of players that have uh, are very creative and they have lots of creative ideas. It, it, the main the main thing is that you, you can't have too much stuff there that that keeps you from being able to be collaborative in, in the space. If you yeah. made too many concrete decisions about your character, they they, they can't do things. They accept what you would because you'll say that no to sense. stuff instead of saying yeah. yes to things. Yeah, because wow. like when I did it, like my character, like their main thing was they didn't want to do anything, so that didn't really work well. <laughs> but I have, no I have, si- I have silly characters and serious campaigns. I don't. I mean, I, I, I like taking a weird concept. You know, if someone's got a, a, a I had a guy, uh, he still plays with me. Plays in like three games, mm-hmm. uh, I think right now. Yeah, um, his first character was from a a, a dimension. It was a barbarian sign spinner at a fried chicken place and oh, he yeah. wore he wore the mascot's outfit but it was just a, a cowl of like a chicken head and a chicken cape and he was just like a greased up pro wrestler type underneath I love um, and it, it ended up his like multi him coming from this fried chicken place ended up being a big part of our campaign actually fried chicken pops up a lot in my games and it's not something I've put in there 
people just really okay. like fried chicken is what I'm learning. I, I yeah. mean, that is that is a human universal fried chicken. Is yeah, delicious. 100%. 100%. I haven't maybe, had it in too long. Maybe we can hit the food court later. <laughs> <laughs> Funny I you should say that. Will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Ever dreamed of embarking on legendary quest, unlocking hidden secrets, and discovering untold riches? Dive into the world of X, Seekers of Fortune. It's the game that's soon to be taking the internet by storm. Sign up today at xseekersoffortune.com and start your journey to greatness. Remember, fortune favors the bold. See you there. So, Jack, uh, I mean, those, I think those are great answers. I think we definitely learned something there and already to part, imparting wisdom on our audience. But why don't we talk a little bit about you and what you do? Because I am really excited about this. I almost want to call it like new frontier in Dungeons and Dragons. But why don't we get yeah. started with going back to the beginning, or not just Dungeons and Dragons, TTRPGs. I do apologize if I use them interchangeably. That is my experience as well. I, I, I was raised in, in, a, in a tradition of early D&D and Pathfinder. So to me, calling it D&D is just, you know, semantics. People, people prefer what they prefer. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. So I did uh, want to know. I mean, getting back to like that, what you were raised in. Why don't we talk about what was what? When did you first get bit by the TTRPG bug? For sure. Um, I, um, man, I've been playing since I dropped out of college uh, mm-hmm. in two thousand. Um, that's that's some good, uh, like info to put right at the beginning of, of any interviews to be like well i stopped going to school uh it was i think 2008 2009 is when i stopped okay. uh and that's when i started playing because i was just working at a restaurant and i was just um i was i had met some interesting people and uh they were like hey you want to play this and uh mm-hmm. you know i just started doing it and uh i started playing my first system i ever played was pathfinder one um and then uh, I, I I played a little 3.5 myself, and then fourth edition for about five sessions before we went back to Pathfinder. The story and then, of fourth um, edition. You know, and, and fourth edition gets a bad a bad rap. It's a cool game. It's just not what people wanted from D and D. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, as I, I, there's tons of stuff in fourth edition. I use rules. I use all the time still because they're very good rules. But um, I think uh, I, not to divert your answer, but uh, from uh, what I understand, my experience with fourth edition, it feels like if you were looking for a more gamey, like something that was like a combat simulator, you know, that might be yeah. where fourth edition my, shrines. Not my as understanding, my understanding of it is that it really very much looks like uh, Wizards was trying to capitalize on the rise in popularity of uh, World of Warcraft, and they mm-hmm. wanted to make a game that felt on the table more like the experience of the mm-hmm. way party building and specifically the way that uh, that you, you build your party and how you need to have this type and this type and this type and less mm-hmm. on the focus of, of narrative. And um, so there are some, so to your point, there are a lot of things from that combat system that I still use because they're good combat mm-hmm. rules. They actually could have had a nice place in fifth edition. But, uh, and then I started playing fifth edition when it came out. Um, uh, and I threw myself 100% into that. Um, I started running games at my house uh, every Sunday, um, and then I started. I, I tried to, to. I turned my living room into a streaming theater uh, for uh, about six months. My 
wonderful partner. She is amazing. Uh, my my uh-huh. wife's so so cool. My, my 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 wife is one of my longtime players, but um, she let me turn the living room into a stream, uh, like a, a streaming theater. And I ran three games a week on Twitch, and I got all of like twenty followers. So I, oh. I did that for about nine months, six or nine months, uh, something somewhere in between then. And then I, I, I had to you know say, well, I'm not making any money on this, so I cannot spend any more time doing this. And then, um, mm-hmm. and then uh, you know, I I've I've worked in restaurants, so I've run games for for I, I think now I, I probably run a game for, games for at least at least a hundred plus people. Um, I. Uh, and then, and then when I got, and then recently, I've really the last two or three years, I've really gotten into um, OSR and NSR games. Um, a little bit of the, so the, the old school. Uh, it's it's a it's a, a, a two terms that basically mean the same thing. And there's going to be some guys in the community that are going to argue with me on that, but they basically mean the same thing. It's a it, the new school revolu- revolution, old school revolution. Um, it's the idea that of, of taking these games from you know the 1970s, 1980s, taking the core of what makes them really fun and what works with them, the and then adding this modern sensibility of game design to it. Mm-hmm. So you have these really stripped down, kind of easy to to run, easy to understand systems that let you run specific types of games. So uh, mm-hmm. your your biggest argument between like the the, the the beggar talk community we're begging you to try anything but D and D the beggar talk community or titter pig also uh, titter shout pig. out to t- titter pig I, yeah I really did not um, want to have to say that term <laughs> I wanted to say it a bunch I, of I, I, yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna say it if I'm on podcast I'm gonna say titter pig T T R P G titter uh, pig Will okay. can we get a titter pig count counter on on the screen Ding. Here? <laughs> something um, well, the basic idea is that these the the, the I, now I wasn't part of this was a, a Google Plus community uh, uh, thing that popped up uh, you know I guess almost like ten years ago now, and people were just building these systems and uh, they were um, you know they were sharing their knowledge back and forth and making these products. So basically, starting with like um, uh, adapting advanced Dungeons and Dragons, original Dungeons and Dragons to uh, you know, newer system, uh, newer style of, of gameplay where there's some things that are more simple. Um, and right now I'm really drawn to things like uh, my favorite games are, are, are tend to be like roll under games now as opposed to roll over games. So like D&D 5e is a, you, you roll your 20 sided die, you roll it and you're trying to hit a number or get above. Um, mm-hmm. But I love basically all of the derivative games um, that were built off the back of Into the Odd, which is uh, a gorgeous book. Everybody should own it if you like games at all. It's a fantastic system. If you like running D&D, you should buy into the odd just so you can take in the philosophy of the book um, or just go to uh, the dude's uh, website. It's good, too. But so uh, to go back to your question, I, I, I uh, so now now I, I, I primarily run fifth edition D&D. Uh, I run six games mm-hmm. a week. And I, I do have a club. I have a, a in-person game that I run at a, a local local pub. It's about five or six blocks from my house. And every every other week, every two weeks, we do like a small, like an indie TTRPG meetup. And it's just people who just, you know, I've just met, who found me online. And, and, I, and I do that one just for fun, for, you know, for the community. Because when you're, when you turn your hobby into a job, you end up doing, not things you don't like doing, but you end up taking on projects outside of the scope of maybe the things you'd like to spend your time on. Are there other games I'd like to run more than yeah. fifth edition D&D? Hundred percent, 
but um, mm-hmm. I really enjoy the game that I run. What they want. Well, and I, and I, yeah, and, and I've made it my own. Uh, so it's it's mm-hmm. the game that I run at my table is a game that I love very dearly, you know. Um, and how many games are you running a week right now? Six. So I do um, oh. every 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 day, but Wednesday, um, and then and then I'll every other Wednesday I'll do that one. So some week seven, if I'm. If oh wow. I'm, yeah. Um, Dang, they got to stay busy in this career. Um, I did. Well, that is two, that's part of it. Yeah. Two maybe three <laughs> follow-ups. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. I'm sure we'll get be getting to that here in just a moment. But I did have a couple of questions about the to go go along with this one was what was the what was the gap between you being a player and you being a GM? Like, how long did it take you to move behind the curtain? The 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 first group I was a part of, the guy who taught me, so I was, I think of role-playing games as kind of an anthropology to it, right? There, you get an imprint and a, everybody has a fingerprint that they put on their game and then they pass that down to someone else and you learn it by the way of the community that, that, that taught it to you. And my, the guy who taught me to play role-playing games is a writer and he's uh, uh, Jordan Koff. If, if you're out there, buddy, I love you. I think uh, you, you're, you're a fantastic, fantastic DM. Um, taught me uh, to take the game and break it to pieces and mm-hmm. use the pieces that you like, throw out the stuff you think is garbage, and only lean into the stuff that's fun and embrace the chaos and uh, make the players. Uh, he always made our characters very important. And so when we stopped playing together, uh, it was just me and a pal, and we both wanted to DM at that point. So neither of us got to play. Uh, and then, I, you know, not very long. Uh, once, once I, I'd say, I'd say uh, maybe about maybe about two years, just because I was still playing with uh, the aforementioned very good DM. Um, mm-hmm. But once I did start doing it, uh, I still play character every once in a while, especially when I have friends or people who are in my games or running their own games i like to go and try to be a supportive cast member you know but even then i when i play in someone else's game i'm not really playing a character the way that i would encourage my my players to play characters because i have a hard time seeing myself as a main character in the ttrpg game because i'm used to running side characters i don't want to take the spotlight away from players even when i am a player so well, I think that that's awesome, though. No, your your GM friends out there know that they got a ringer that they can call in to play that support role. You know, somebody to come in, maybe make an emotional plea and die heroically or, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> tragically. I like to play like I that. like to play a, a Chewbacca. Because uh, uh-huh. uh, your D&D party, the only balance you need is not it's not about class abilities. It's about archetypes. You know, it's about mm-hmm. characters that are that mix well together. It's okay to have a lone wolf edgelord as long as he's got a you know a himbo uh uh and you know and then like the gruff old group mom and you know you need all those characters so i was like playing a weird uh, the, the, a weird uh outsider who uh, whose actions are questionable but always lovable mm-hmm. um so yeah. that's that tends to be what i play but okay um you no, know that um that make i mean i i completely agree you can't okay danny and i had talked about this i think in the, one of the early i think the second episode of the podcast my ninja turtles theory for party composition <laughs> which is you kind of need to have those four that something like those four characters you know uh donatello the the nerd leonardo the leader Raphael the lone wolf and michelangelo the good time party guy joel i've literally said that to people before that's so funny 
I've literally said that. I think I think that those are good good archetypes. That they're they're the my favorite fiction tend to fall in that. Even you could even base an entire campaign off of the archetypes from Seinfeld. The main cast there's really, works really well. Uh, Jerry, a George, a Kramer, and Elaine. <laughs> those are four types that, that play off each other really well. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, good, especially pairings in four, which I think is always sunny. Those 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 five characters would make an, an interesting party, uh, and they're they're good little archetypes. But yeah, mm-hmm. Ninja Turtles specifically is is a solid uh, reference point. Um, you also said something else there that I have kind of witnessed secondhand through. Um, I, I listened to a D&D podcast uh, called Not Another D&D Podcast. And I think the, the, the DM there is Brian Murphy. And he is a, you know, anthropologically a descendant of, I forget the other gentleman's name. It's, I'm blanking on it. But I think, I think of him as being the guy who should be the most famous D&D Dungeon Master, not the uh, not the guy who runs. Um, shoot, I'm, I'm losing all the names. The most popular D and D show is called uh, uh, Dimension Twenty, right? You're talking about Brendan Lee well, Mulligan. He, I'm talking about Brendan Lee Mulligan. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I think he is like the best. I think he's one of the best Dungeon Masters, at least when it comes to that uh-huh. lifestyle, like theater play. Mm-hmm. And the the not another D and D podcast is ran by one of his Brian players, Mur- Murphy, like who's who's in, who was in uh, who was mm-hmm. in. Uh, fantasy. I, I've only seen one. I don't watch actual actual plays. I, can't, I, I don't. I, I, I don't do play. Yeah. I, I I like them. I like them. I'm not, I I love the first season of, of Fantasy High. It just uh, my brain gets too wiggly uh, when I see other people play D anD D, and I want to go. I I end up I end up just writing through it, and I don't pay attention to it. So oh, it's you. it's yeah. it's not it's not. And when I, I I don't when I write I don't write on paper. I normally pace. In my kitchen, mm. so uh, if I put on a pod like that as a podcast to do dishes too, I end up just pacing in a circle, <laughs> writing my own game while people are yammering in the background, and it's it's not super conducive. But uh, Brian, how, Brian how, Murphy, I, I'm familiar. I, I, he's awesome. Yeah. It's interesting you said there about um, you know if your your brain gets wiggly when you're listening to other people play. Uh, how how in the moment are you when you're when you're running a game? Like are you just like locked in, or I mean, how is that for you? Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm pretty much, uh, pretty much too, too locked in sometimes. Um, <laughs> that, 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 it's a nice thing because uh, jokes and um, meme sharing and, and kind of the, the cutting up stuff doesn't, doesn't catch me as much. I do enjoy it. I, lo- I love the camaraderie at the table, but um, I'm always, I'm always kind of like, okay, yeah, yeah. So let's, uh, <laughs> uh, and, um, which is, which is, was maybe annoying. I, I also, I'll admit this, maybe annoying as an in-person DM for your friends. It was not a great quality to be like, "Hey, are you on your phone?" Uh, to uh, to you know your good pal who doesn't give a toot about. Um, I don't know if we can cuss. So I'm just gonna say a toot. Uh, oh, he doesn't doesn't give a toot. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with toot. It doesn't give a toot okay, about like about your story. Um, but uh, are you you know about the the, the you know the the verisil verisilitude yeah Thank you. Very solitude. Um, yeah, it doesn't care about that, but 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 is there to have fun, you know. But the nice thing uh-huh. about the online games, when everyone's paying, it's a little money on the table. Everybody wants to be there for the fiction. So I'm less mm-hmm. annoying in this in this forum because you know it's it, it's a good quality. But yeah, I I, I I'm, I'm pretty locked in uh, from from start to 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 go to finish. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's very cool. I mean, I, I think I, that's I think, a good quality to have. Go ahead, Danny. 
No, yeah, 100%. Like, I, I always like figuring out what are the things that get people into that flow state where they're just locked in and, like, time stops and, like, they're just so in the moment. Um, I no, mean, I, 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 I'll cut myself off and I'll go on diatribes and I'll, <laughs> I'll do all sorts of bad, like, stuff that doesn't seem like it's locked in. But as far as, like, leaving the, the space of, of the game, I would, I, would, I would rather spend most of my time in the fiction and that's probably just uh, you know a compounding issue of, of neurological issues and and trauma. But uh, it is a place that I am the most happy. I'm the most safe and happy. So um, it's hard to pull me out. It was a real issue when I wasn't doing it professionally because I wanted to play and think about it way more than I probably should have um, for mm-hmm. as much as I was you know, as much time as it? I was putting into it. Um, I was just super fortunate. So obviously the sorry, go ahead. You were going to say something? Oh, no. I, yeah, I was just going to ask you, how did you actually get into the point where you were a prof, prof, being professionally, you know, compensated to run games? Gotcha, what gotcha. was that first? Yeah. Um, the, the pandemic happened. And um, with that came changing attitudes of what you could do online once people started getting paid at other jobs online. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I think the, 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 the declining quality of the economy has, has actually made it a lot more acceptable. When I first started playing, the idea of a paid DM was kind of sacrilegious. You still get people, mm-hmm. I still get people every once in a while that mostly young dudes, I'm not, you know, I get it. I'm not mad at people who have, who have you know, don't, don't think I should get paid to do my job. But, uh, it, you know that the, the situation where it's like okay well you know you're making it we have, at one point the the the, the shift of, of in public the public forum you know you tell people you're you're surviving comfortably doing something especially something you like people are like oh that's rad people just stopped having that like purity test about it but um what i did is i i worked at a restaurant so and i worked at a restaurant for the restaurant i worked at last i worked at for like five years i was a, a, a manager at one point and was a bartending at that point and i just told my boss i was like hey i'm gonna try this thing out uh i i run all my games through uh if you don't mind me doing a little pitch for i'm not you know yeah. go ahead. i don't work for him but i but i i run all my games through start playing dot games um it's a fantastic service it's run by fantastic people um uh devin also he's on he's on tiktok he also has a total party chill he's a cool great guy but it's it's this uh, really interesting website where essentially you know it's like air D for uh, airbnb for D is what they say it's like you know i'm when oh, i want to cool. play on tuesday night and i want to play this system and i want to play at this hour and then you, it searches through games and then it searches through game listings and so i just did, made a game listing on start playing and mm-hmm. uh i said you know maybe maybe you know somebody will, will want to do this and then that campaign ended up lasting uh from session level one to level 20. we got all the way through a, Ooh, an entire a full yeah, entire um I, I i tend to run, run my my campaigns for about a year year plus so i don't i don't do like the the super long you know uh year year long campaigns or whatever but uh yeah i did that and then what i did is i i uh, i told my boss i was like hey i'm trying to do this thing i'm gonna need to only work four days a week now and i need to keep all of my shifts and i need all of the day parts where i'm already making that money <laughs> and mm-hmm. luckily i you know i just had a good working relationship with those people and they yeah. were they were very kind and they were cool with me you know keeping those very well-paying bartending shifts so that i could and then one by one, I replaced the ship for the game until I crunched the numbers and I'm, you know, and it made sense for uh, my family. 
to, to for me to, mm -hmm. to take the plunge and that's what? uh that's that's I, I will say shout out for sitting down and doing the math and looking over your finances uh, you know yeah, if well, you want anything to get you closer to your dreams sit down do the math yeah. consider your finances it's the you worst part of all of it surprised the worst part but the most necessary <laughs> it is very necessary what, what's yeah, the overlap yeah. what? there between being a dungeon master and being a bartender like where where do the what's the venn diagram where do those i have a few overlap? opinions on that <laughs> yeah, uh, probably it, probably more of a circle than than anything else <laughs> i mean it's it is I, i'm, I'm serious as a matter of fact I, we were in a bar we were in a tavern scene last night and the night before and i was like you know guys they, you're getting real answers they were they were doing like the not flirt because they're, they're not interested, but they were trying to like to, like cajole the the bar the bar the barmaid into you know this or that, and I was like, Dude, she's not interested. Are you guys tipping? You know, yeah. like, and they put gold <laughs> down, and then I was like, oh, she's very amiable all of a sudden. So you, you, get, you get the real experience with with. No, I'd say I'd say like it's almost a circle because um, uh, DMing and in in it, 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 its core, uh, and when I say DMing, I mean GMing. Uh, I, 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 I know that some people care about the terminology, but once again, mm -hmm. I'm raised, raised on D and D, so I say DM. Um, <laughs> DMing, uh, running games in general, in my philosophy, is is essentially a customer service job, um, mm -hmm. because the way, especially a game like Fifth Edition Dungeons and Dragons, which we'll probably end up talking about a lot on this podcast, because that's you know that's the nature of the beast. Um, mm -hmm. It has a lot of pieces that move around, and they aren't—they aren't really held together with anything other than duct tape. Just the mm -hmm. concept of them being together. They're, they're not really not a lot of clever systems. Just a lot of systems, and they—they—they they, mm -hmm. they can be, you know, they, even fifth edition, which is supposed to be the you know the easiest version of of D and D to get into. Um, but essentially, your job is to look at these players. Another thing for fourth edition, they talked about the types of players in the, in the handbook. It was really really nice. Uh, you look at your players, and you try to figure out what what they want from the game. Right, you want to look at each person, and you want to try in that. Uh, the way I look at it is, in my three hours that I have with these people, I want to try to run the version of the game for each of them because it's just a conversation. The game is just a conversation, so you can change the style of of how you interface with the game per person as you're com having conversations with them, and you try to figure out what they're looking for, and you try to engage those factors, and then you. Get rid of things that are not interested. They're not interested in. So, for instance, you know, if you know, no one, no one gives a, if no one gives a toot about overland travel, if camping is boring, you don't do it. You know what I mean? You just don't. Mm -hmm. You just hand wave that because no one cares about. It. Now, if somebody built a character that wants to, <laughs> wants to be a, you know, a crocodile Dundee, then you got to put that in the game. You got to make sure that, that that element is there, and that is bartending. I mean, bartending is going up to people and be like. Hey, how's it going? And then those people going, you know, I don't know if I like you yet, and I don't know <laughs> if I like this yet, and if I'm not entertained, this won't be. I'm not going to be happy. And it's the same thing. If people have sat on a table and you've got nothing to offer them, if you've got nothing to serve them, you know, then they're they're not going to have a good time. But instead, you know, it's like you, you size people up and you go, okay, well, this guy wants uh, a shot and a beer, and he wants me to listen to him and laugh at his jokes, and I'm going to do that so that he's yapping at me and not talking to this person and annoying them and this lady mm -hmm. wants to have this type of drink and she wants to, you know they everyone has their own their own order right and that's kind of the same with in a ttrpg yeah. you've got six people you got to figure out what their orders are and you got to be consistently delivering those Ooh. orders throughout the experience in order for it to feel um like a, you, you know, I I can't remember who said it but you want every session and not you never really want a session to feel like a 10 unless it's earned it 
You don't want to shoot mm. for running in a ten out of ten. You want to shoot for consistent sevens. <laughs> you want yes. you want you don't you don't want a bad session. If you get a great session, that's fine. But you want the session to be at least tasty enough that they're thinking about it between games, um, mm -hmm. so that so that it lives because the game lives in our head. It's a conversation it lives in our head, and the moment you stop thinking about it, it the moment you're not playing it anymore, and you forget mm. about it. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to latch onto it because it's it's ephemeral. It's uh, it's ether, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, that's that's like you know. I mean, Danny and I have experience with that with uh, X Seekers of Fortune, and until mm -hmm. we sat down and like actually wrote out the rules, it was this con ongoing conversation. Like, well, if we if I do this in the game, you do that, or the, the you know this is this is how a turn works. So there was, and I think that's true for almost anything, any new frontier you go into or any creative space, imagination mm -hmm. space, you basically have to, uh, you know, like be in a conversation, be in like an agreed upon, uh, you know, world with other people. Uh, mm -hmm. There was something you said. Well, A, I, one thing I want to say is you were a much better bartender than I was because I <laughs> had low, low, thr low thresholds for patience with my customers if they wanted. I, I think I was more of a, um, a build-a-drink-o-matic than I was a bartender. <laughs> Um, that is the I, better you know, part I, of the I, job, I, though. Yeah. I mean, that, if, you're, if, we're, if we're being real, the best part of bartending is just making drinks, the production aspect, mm -hmm. not having to talk to people. Oh, yeah. But, God, I miss yeah. making old fashions. What's your best yeah. drink, Jack? What, what do you make the best? Um, I, nothing. I, 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 mean, I, I was I'm very consistent. I have, a, I have a good brain for memorizing you know, the things, doing them the way they're supposed to be uh -huh. done. Um, I, I think my real asset as a as a bartender was uh, just reading people and trying to um, give them the, I mean, the, the ones who gave me the money, that's how I gauge a good, <laughs> you know, how good I was, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, who, who's mm -hmm. tipping me the most. And, and honestly, uh, if you can, uh, I'm good at, uh, it, 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 it acting and, and, and pretending. So that, mm -hmm. that I, I, I'm a very anxious person. I hate going outside. I leave my house once every two weeks. Um, you know, I'm mm. not, a, I'm not a, I am, I'm really not very, not much of a social butterfly, but I, I do like making other people feel comfortable. And that was my role, mm. my, my, so I would normally be paired up with a guy like, or, or, or another person like you, Joel, who's someone who's, you know, a, more of a work, like the workhorse who's good at, at keeping the flow of yeah. things. And I, and then I, I manage the people. I, yeah, that was a good team up whenever I was with like the people person. And, you know, I, I could have my conversations with folks, but I first and foremost wanted to get the person, the next person in line to drink. Sure. I was going to say, though, I think based on my personality and how I would probably DM and like what you said about your your own strictness at the table. I think the overlap with bartending is, you know, getting people's attention and getting them to you know to tell them mm -hmm. what you what they want <laughs> tell you what they want as you know as soon as possible you know kind of getting things back in line like letting it letting it veer off course just enough but then like reminding everybody hey guys we'll get back to it let's let's focus mm. there's a um, yeah I, I think you know going back to for a second to the whole uh professional dm thing i think there's a lot of people who hear that and kind of see it as glamorous. I think there are a lot of people who are like, oh man, I wish that that was my life. 
What would you That's say? That's how I felt about it <laughs> when I saw <laughs> I saw people doing it online. I saw people on TikTok, and I got really I got really jealous. I got super jealous. There's mm-hmm. a handful of people, people I'm mutuals with now, people who are really friendly, really wonderful people. I won't say names because that's embarrassing. But you know, I looked at them and I got embar- I got jealous. I'm like, this person is doing it, and I was like, I can do it. Sorry, I cut you off. You were you were in the middle of, of saying something. Yeah, no, no, no. Well, yeah, I think that, the no, operative word came up there. Had well, you know that yeah. had been what I was expecting. I, so I guess where I was going with it is like for people out there who who are jealous, looking at mm-hmm. you right now, you know, <laughs> who are, who are the people that are 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 gonna be cut out for being a, a, a DM because I'm sure it's 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 also a slog right like who who should be pursuing being a professional DM uh, you know like who, who, who what, what does if, it take if you if you have a system if you are a person who, who's run I don't I don't know I, I think that I had the benefit of a lot of experience about running games for a decade plus or whatever right so I have a lot of experience mm-hmm. and that's helpful um, but I think that the the main thing is trying to figure out who your audience is, being able to market mm-hmm. yourself. It's really hard to, you know, you got to figure out a way to, to get people to look at you and, and trust you and want to give you money, obviously. Um, but I think the biggest thing is you either need to be a person who know who has a great system for how they how they prepare for their sessions. Uh, like mm-hmm. I have a great low impact set, system. I don't need to do this. I know I can spend 15 minutes before and I, I can run a game and it's great. People love it and they'll keep paying me for it. Um, or you need to be a person who enjoy, you need to be a person who enjoys that prep. Um, and mm. then the other side of that is um, you got to have. I mean, the truth is, I only got to this space because I had tons of support. My wife was super, super supportive. My the, my job that I had, I had such a good rapport there that they were supportive of, of me fluctuating my schedule. And then I then I I just had to work. I had to do. I had to work full time at the. There was an overlap of doing the two jobs on top of each other. Where I would I'd I would work in the morning and I work a day shift, and I come home, see my wife, see my kid, cook dinner, hop online, and not get done with my day until midnight. You know, so mm. and that's not like a, a bootstrappy like that's just like I knew I had to do it. I I I, I literally like uh, not to get too personal, but I like it was like I I stopped drinking because I just didn't have the room for that. You know, I stopped I stopped uh, going out because I didn't have the room for that. And I don't like doing those things. It turns out anyways, but uh, it's been very very nice in the long run. But um, I I had to make some some mild sacrifice. My 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 family had to make some mild sacrifices, right? Um, and I think that you need to really consider the support you're going to need and the, the driving it through. But but big caveat. But I think anybody can do it. I think running a game is inherently a fun thing to do. I think that knowing your audience, knowing what you're worth. If you wanted to try to run a game for, uh, you know, ten bucks, five bucks, eh, maybe make maybe make thirty bucks. You know, <laughs> maybe you know, and, and maybe people really enjoy it. Um, I I would challenge most people to take a risk on themselves versus trying to be too worried about it. The nice thing is you can do it from your home. You know, there's no overhead. It's, it's not, it's not, um, now how are you, how are you going to fill up six games? That's kind of hard to do. Um, that, that's, that's been, that's been the real challenge and I have to run as many, you know, I had to stand and do the math. I had to figure out how much I had to charge per seat, how much I had to make per day. I knew what I made at the restaurant. I compared those numbers. I promised my wife that I would be somewhere in a comparable range by, from one income to the other, right? So mm-hmm. if you if you know you're going to have to run seven games, but you've got the time to run seven games a week, and you have the mental capacity to do it, you'll fill those seats up, and it'll be fine. Crazy thing that happened to me that I didn't expect is I'd say that like 
I don't, I'm making up numbers, fake numbers, but literally nearly half of my players play in at least one other game in my week. Mm. I have one player that plays in four games. I have two players that play in three games. I have four players that play in two games. I have two games that are, are, are I have three games that are the, the, basically the same six people remixed between the three games. <laughs> and that, that I didn't expect. That I, uh, I didn't expect. I think community building is super important in anything that mm-hmm. we do in 2023 because we're losing our sense of community as a species um Mm -hmm. so i think that i think anyone can do it i don't think i I think gatekeeping's out man i think that that, uh that and and i and that's i try to do it on my channel like on tiktok and stuff i try to 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 be like in that mindset where it's like we can all out you know we can all help rising water you know lifts all boats or whatever high tide whatever and um uh high water pants keep your feet wet i don't know this to say your feet um, wet and your pants dry your pants dry <laughs> feet wet which is where this is what we want yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah so I, I think that's my official my official answer is I, I think that that anyone who wants to try it should try it and the worst case scenario is that you know you you gave it a go um yeah. but it's very it's there's very little risk involved especially if you're just like i'm gonna see what you know what my thursday night would look like okay all you got to do so is find sharp, oh, five people <laughs> you know it's not just, just a sh- yeah so well just to sharpen it up a little bit though to make it practical for people who who want to make the jump what what mm-hmm. do they need to be prepared to do at, at minimum what do you think that you would need to do to have a good shot at being successful doing it you you need to figure out a way to um you really well, you, well. The one thing that I try to do, uh, maybe I should just speak from my experience as opposed to like from uh, some sort of all-knowing, wizened, you know, uh, viewpoint. But I, I, for for me, it's it's about making sure that I'm running, I'm consistently running the game that I think is worth what I'm charging for it, and what is the kind of game that I would want to play, um, and not letting anything rest so that's maybe the biggest difference right you're running a game at home it's for your buddies you you know you didn't prep that much you didn't do this you don't have the this minis you don't have this thing who, the, who cares you know who cares uh if they don't like it mm-hmm. they're dicks and they can they can go you know you can find more people <laughs> yeah. to come over to your house yeah um i yeah. i invited you over you didn't bring pizza steven um so <laughs> i i think that uh that Just- that 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 in that mindset but like for me i you know there are no there's no paid leave unless i there's no paid leave i can take a i can take a break you know i can say i can't play tonight and even whole night we're going to take next week off yada yada i'm fully in control of my schedule which is super nice but the, the i can't stop it is you once mm-hmm. you build the momentum it's um i once i get one game feeling like pretty solid i it's time to move to, back to another one and give it a retool um it's time to update i do i make tons of graphics uh for for my games play mats and character portraits i make art for my npcs mm-hmm. um i i kind of these days think of myself yeah. more like a almost like a video game developer because i i have these games that are running and i'm just constantly building like dlc packs for each game and that might take mm-hmm. me anywhere from from 40 minutes to six hours depending on my my brain and what i've got going for me and how little failure i've had in being experimental along the way um but i think that that's the thing that keeps my players coming back i think that's the thing that keeps them engaged and keeps them wanting to to shell out the bu- the bucks 
because let's be honest, that's <laughs> that's we can pretend like that's not an important part of the conversation, but it is an important part of the conversation because they're giving me their money to relax, to have fun. I mean, yeah, it's it's about the price of going to a movie, essentially, uh, to to play mm-hmm. one of my games. So it'd be like going out to the movies. Uh, most of my games are weekly. Going out to the movies every 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 week, which is you know. But that's kind of outrageous, you know. I mean, like I don't go out to movies ever, so. Well, it sounds uh, like you, some of your players are going multiple times a week to the movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you, uh, I think I think it's a matter of, uh, and because I don't stop uh, trying to to make my games the kind of interesting to me, uh, and and feel fresh, I think they stay. But that's tough. That's <laughs> that that can be a grind, um, and it's you can experience burnout on one game while you're still super excited about another um which is a weird feeling and especially when there's money on the table but you know you just kind of kind of deal with it but it it, it, it is it is gru- it, not grueling because it's super fun I, I really like it but balancing your work life stuff and like trying to make sure that you're you're doing enough for your players and mm-hmm. seeing them as your players and as clients is kind of weird but ultimately fine if you you know are super respectful of yeah the transactional nature of it. I mean, you just have to, you have to be more mindful of that. That's maybe, honestly, one of the hard, that's the hardest part. The hardest part is going, oh man, I have to now, t- I have to message this guy and be like, hey, your credit card didn't go through. That's not fun. Oh. Nobody wants to do that. Uh, you know, yeah. so, <laughs> that, 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 um, no, I haven't had any issues with that, but, you know, um, but it is not, you know, I, if, if it was up to me, I would just, you know, we'd, we, I'd just be, the king would pay me a penance to to write the games for everybody in the village and uh uh the the, the nice thing though is that is that you know I, I the people who GMs. <laughs> if <laughs> the people that. who the people who play my games i i feel like we have like a like a classic kind of um they are i i see them as artists i see them as writers i see them as co-collaborators co- uh, uh but they they are they are paying me uh, like patrons to go to the theater. I provide the theater. I provide the 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 space that we all act in. Um, so we do have. I think it's a very. It's more wholesome than I expected it to be. I don't have anybody you know yelling at me like that game was shit. I want my you know twenty bucks back or whatever. Um, so I hope I rambled through that question good enough. No, no you, you did, did a great fantastic. job. The only thing that I was wanting to stop and be like, raise my eyebrow about was my thought process was the way I run six sessions a week is that I kind of secretly run the same session six times over. But the fact that you have multiple players going across multiple sessions, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. out. You might be able to I, get away with a couple of tropes or encounters that might have similar math or something. I thought that I, I was going to be able to repurpose assets more and I uh-huh. could. I could. They wouldn't care. It's all for me. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. want those things to feel fresh. I want to live up to a standard. Um, but no, they're all separate games, and they're all interconnected. So oh. the, they all share the same. the Avengers over here? Um, <laughs> I, love, I love that element of, of, that, of that media. Um, I think uh-huh. that it's ultimately the downfall of, of it because it's movies. But we're not making movies. Yeah. We're, we're not even making art. Uh, the mm-hmm. thing we make is not a product. The, the experience together and the story yeah. we tell, that's the art. But like, you know, I'm not streaming this. No one's watching it. We're watching it together. So I love that stuff. Yeah. But uh, the, I, I, honestly, I did that because that's just how my brain works. And if I tried to run the same game, I would ultimately probably be bored or confused by that. I might be more confused 
trying to figure out where everybody is. I also don't run like I I do a bait and switch on I'll, I'll tell you right now, I do a bait and switch when I list games. I normally call a game something that's all like a module that's already written and I retool it pretty hardcore so that it's not I don't normally use a lot of the, the, the books and I just try to trap people who don't know any better to just give me a chance and then they stick around and play in three games. Um Yeah. I mean, but, so uh, because somebody out there might be looking to run what Temple of Elemental Evil, they really want yeah, to run that. Yeah, or what yeah. is the other one that's very famous, the vampire one, Ravenloft? Uh, Cur- Curse of Strahd. Yeah, I'm running. I'm running a Curse, Curse of Strahd right now. It's a it's a monster movie themed Curse of Strahd. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody was assigned mm-hmm. an archetype at the beginning of the game, like the the, the, the monster hunter, the the the, the scientist, the, da- the 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 damsel, the the creature. Um, my my Friday night game is a western. Um, uh, my Tuesday night game is a noir heist game. Uh, my Monday night game is going to be a uh, it's going to be a uh, propaganda 1970s detective uh, uh, thriller. Um, it, mm-hmm. It's going to have a, like a modern setting D and D thing, um, like, like where somebody's like saying through their teeth, like "I'm going to get you, punk." Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, the, 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 the players aren't, aren't actually playing, uh, cops, but one of the themes are going to be like authoritarian power and how it gets uh-huh. pushed down on uh, capitalism is always that guy. But that is the one rule that I, <laughs> I, 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 uh, I agree with, with the, the greater meta of D and D. Um, but so I, I like, I have to have these things be away that helps my brain be like, okay, this is this game. This is this game um and lets them have a different flavor they look different in my head if i was writing lost minds of fandelver for every table i i think i would probably would have been booed off the stage already go a little cuckoo uh, yeah for cocoa puffs for any puffs really yeah <laughs> you can, you've listed off at least three of those games that i would love to be at the table for so i can i can definitely see like the variety of the spice of life and i understand why your players uh do play in multiple games it's not just all the fantasy, you know, tropes. Like you can, uh, all, we've all gotten a lot of that. Yeah, well, and I, I we have a, I have, I have a fantasy game. Uh, doing drag, I was doing, I am doing Dragon Bane right now for a table, which is another system that just the Free League put out very recently. Uh, that was my game. My group had finished a campaign. I was like, hey, can we play another system? And they were like, dude, whatever. So we were playing Dragon Bane over there. That's just a pure fantasy game. It's just like classic. Okay. Um, so there's a little bit of everything, but. Um, yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. I it, it seemed like a bummer at first. I couldn't reuse those assets, but at the end of the day, it's. I think it's what keeps my game feeling fresh. Cool. And I'm uh, just curious: is there a place for the people listening in here to look at those assets specifically that you use for your games? Do you have them on Instagram, or is this part of your TikTok? I, I don't have the stuff. I have one uh, on my on my itch itch.io um, uh, slash dungeon club. I have a free. I have a couple free things there. Pretty much all my stuff online right now is free. Um, I have it's a virtual tabletop starter kit, and it, it it's a, a play mat and tokens, and it it gets generic fantasy. It gets you far enough along to play a game in the way I do. Um, and I've made a few videos on TikTok about how I do it. But the, the problem is that the stuff that I use in my games, they're images I find online. They're um, you know. I'm, I use some AI art in that game, and uh, obviously, you guys you had the, the big conversation about AI art. It's the the difference between using it for models and for uh, private personal use and putting it out on the market, putting it out in front of people. 
um, is a different beast in my opinion. So I, mm. I, all the I use I and I use, so I use a lot of art that without you know commissioning it. And I use a lot of stuff, and so I can't put that stuff online because I don't want to cross those lines. It's a private game yeah. though, you know what I mean? So it's not a big deal. Yeah, that, yeah. If you were moving person. into publishing, like if you actually wanted to take your private game and yeah. turn it into a module, you'd re, you'd commission art. I'm yeah, sure. exactly. Exactly. The, so all, all the portion of what they're paying you for, it's relatively small. I mean, you're putting a lot of your own energy and effort into yeah. it. That's what you're being compensated for. No, like all the stuff I make on TikTok, I, I make all those graphics, you know. Um, mm -hmm. Well, beautiful and, graphics, uh, too. Definitely check out your TikTok. What, what, what is your handle again on TikTok? Just uh, sure. It's the Dungeon Manager. Dungeon manager. Yeah, I've I've seen a few of your like you know, rule systems that you've uploaded, and as a designer myself, I'm just like, wow, you you got you got all there, you got all the nice layers and textures, uh, typography. It's just a pleasure to look at. I uh, I'm super heavily in the last few years. I've been super heavily influenced by uh, the Stockholm Cartel games, Mjorkborg, uh and Cyborg. Uh, if if you haven't, if you don't have a copy of that, just get your just get it for your coffee uh, your okay. coffee table. Uh, it's it's gorgeous. Uh, the 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 aggressive, doom punk, um, like uh, in your face typography. Uh, I, I purposely started making those posts as illegible as possible because I was just trying to evoke a style. Uh, I've only made them more legible more recently because now I have enough of a following where people are like I can't read this. And after you hear that like two hundred times, you're like, okay, okay, I'll I'll use a font that makes sense. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, so uh, so that so yeah, as far as like stuff for the game, unfortunately, uh, my plan is though to eventually have asset packs that would be compatible with with you know maybe five E adjacent stuff like a like a gothic fantasy pack. I have I have a lot of the stuff that I, I want to make uh, that that I eventually will want to turn into products, but that's just kind of down the, the pipeline for me right now. It's not really something that I'm I have time for. You mentioned your following on TikTok. Maybe it'd be a good time for us to talk a little bit about your uh, algorithm woes, or just in general, what it's like to be a creator on TikTok from your perspective. It's, um, for the most part, it's been incredible. I I have learned a lot. I mean, it's it's a social media platform. It's a giant yeah. company, and it's it's mining my data and whatnot. It's you know, eh, it is what it is. <laughs> um, but as far as the community of people, I found I mean, I found you guys on TikTok. Um, the, uh, I mean, there are a lot of, a lot of great people like Kerbin, uh, you know, there's, there, there, there are tons of, of, of awesome creators on there. Um, the, super nice people. Uh, and then the, 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 I mean, it's been, it was kind of crazy. I was making talking head videos, you know, like, you know, just, uh, Hey guys, uh, today I'm going to talk about how I like to run NPCs in my, and I wasn't getting a lot of views and it was fine. I was mostly just doing it, um, to, to help recruit for my games. And my whole, mm -hmm. my whole TikTok thing was like, I just gotta, if I can run an ad and 2,000 people see it, and I'm trying to fill two seats, and mm -hmm. one person, and I spent $10 and one person takes it, that's good, you know what I mean? Like I'm making mm -hmm. that money back, literally the next time that we play with that, with that person. Uh, mm -hmm. But then I made, I made a graphic, and uh, that one got a, a bit of a, a, a buzz, and then I, 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 I I basically published my first game system on TikTok, uh, the the instant dungeon system, and that that blew up, and then I got a pretty big following. And and really, uh, it's interesting because I'm I'm here all day. I take care of my son, um, and I'm I only work. I mean, I work at night. I say work. I shouldn't do the air quotes, but uh, I work at night. So no, during you, the day, I try. I mean, I have the opportunity. 
<laughs> I have the opportunity to to literally try to create content every day because it's just uh-huh. kind of fits in my schedule. And so I just yeah. feel like I've just beaten the shit out of the, the TikTok algorithm. I feel like I've just forced it into because it likes to be fed. Um, mm-hmm. And I, and I think that worked really well for me. And now that I'm a pre- approaching ten thousand uh, people, I've noticed some some weird shenanigans. I thought it was shadow banned this week. Um, I had a post that only did. Uh, no, so so you, you guys post on there. Your algorithm, the, the way it normally works, right? It's it's like you post something and it shows it to X amount of people, kind of based on your following. You can tell that it proportionally shows it to more or less people based on how many people you kind of have in your network. And then if uh, I think it's a four to one ratio, if if one out of every four people like a, a post, it sends it to more people, and then you get your viralness, and if more people, you know, engage, yada yada yada. I had a post today that this week that it did five views in the first hour and normally normally my posts do anywhere from uh, you know uh, anywhere from like 500 to 1500 in the first hour Mm -hmm. and and it could be the quality of content like i'm not (laughs) i like the stuff i make but you know that doesn't doesn't mean it's good but i thought it was good you know so it Mm -hmm. um but maybe you know who knows i i i i literally made a post yesterday i was like i think i'm shadow banned please interact and i had people are like i'm from the for you page i i don't know you but you know you're here so, <laughs> you're, <yeah. laughs> it is strange though because i i do feel like i'm seeing less of your content lately but um, so i don't i don't know what I, that I, says i think that i think that if if you want my conspiracy theory my conspiracy theory is <laughs> that as you reach the ten thousand mark which is the monetization line yeah. of of being able for your videos to make money now i don't make videos which is the the irony of this i, I make photo posts which are not eligible for any of that money so I will never, I will never make money off TikTok, um, uh, except through my Patreon, which we'll plug at the end, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. The the uh, mm, I lost myself. Uh, the yeah. So that, uh, I lost it. I lost it. Yeah. Well, that you said the conspiracy um, about TikTok as you get closer to ten thousand. Yeah. The, as I, th- you get closer I think to I think they're just trying to to make it. It was really hard to get that first thousand. I remember that uh-huh. feeling like like really hard to get those views. I think that there might be a bit of a of a bell kind of curve thing happening where uh, it's it's a little uh, it's hard to get up there and then and then you 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 kind of ride the wave of that and then as it goes up roller coaster style, I feel like there the the expectation is for me to chip away at the last seven hundred people to beat that threshold yeah. is what I feel I like. But there's no that's just that's tinfoil hat stuff um and i honestly it's just one of those things you just can't look at those numbers and go that they let them really mean anything you know like it's cool that i have a lot of followers but um if they want to see my stuff tiktok's not necessarily going to show it to them um now i do have a bunch of people that like they i can tell they check my page and they post and i've got my patrons and, and the billing community there and that's fantastic uh, and i'm certainly not complaining i it is you know it is what it is i don't need to get to ten thousand. like i said i'll never I'll never make uh, my half a penny uh, uh, <laughs> off, off, off of any of my posts because of the way the, the, the system's structured. It's just interesting. Mm-hmm. It bums me out as a creator because right now, TikTok is my main distribution platform for my ideas. So if I spend an hour, an hour and a mm. half creating content, and then I put it in the machine, and the machine says it's no good, and no one sees it, I feel like that's wasted time. I should have been playing with my son. Uh, you know what I mean? Like yeah. if, 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 if it goes out and 
you know uh it, it's cool when like a ton of people see something I, I, a good thing for people to know who have never had a, a, something go viral it doesn't feel like anything it's exciting it's like dopamine inducing to see numbers wiggle around um but it mm -hmm. doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like people are going congratulations because uh, yeah. there there it is just there's it's just numbers on a screen and you get your comments right so the the, the satisfying interactions are the people who are like oh yeah this is great another banger uh, I'm gonna use this tonight I literally had um, uh, a, a dude uh, or a person um, hit me up and say hey I'm, I'm streaming this on Twitch so uh, the the mall adventure that we're gonna do in a little bit. A group mm -hmm. did using kids on bikes, the the system kids on bikes. They they, they ran it for Halloween. They ran it two weeks in a row. They, mm -hmm. they did, did it on their stream. That was super cool. That was that was yeah. that was so validating. Just to have somebody be like, I want to play with your toys. You made toys. You made that cool is toys. Validating. That's and that you guys designed games. I mean, that's there. It's fun to be like, I made a thing. Oh, I made a very nice. This is beautiful. I think the mechanics are dope. It it I, I have fun playing it with my family. But it would be really nice if. I put this in the hands of a, of a Magic the Gathering player, and they just went, oh, this, yeah, I get this. This is fun. Oh, yeah, sign me up. Give me a copy. That's, you know, the sell is nice because that's validating. We live in, you know, the capital world, the capitalism world. But mm -hmm. the the real validation comes from people going like, oh, this is fun. And that's what I want. I want people to, like, <laughs> to, like, hold my stuff and, 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 and like, yeah. change it. And, like, I want to influence their ideas. And it's a real bummer when... Uh, but it doesn't do that. So that's my main gripe. It's not, you know, it is what it is. And I'm going to keep putting stuff on there because I don't know. I don't know what else to do. So <laughs> just no, going to keep. I, I mean, it, it's the very least. It's, it's an audience that you could funnel somewhere else. And as you mentioned, uh, most of your posts are about your uh, homegrown system, which is very uh, stripped down. I was hoping maybe you could explain it to our audience, you know, just give them the quick pitch because it, it, as somebody who's read, you know, done the, the player's handbook a couple times, you could read the it would, you could read these like thirty times over before you're even done with the introduction I, of the player's handbook. I so so the the story behind this is is that I actually started building the instant dungeon was just a post idea. It was a post mm -hmm. idea, and my first one was called the Lighthouse, and I built a little three page slide carousel on TikTok that was yeah. um, different locations at a at a lighthouse, and it had some kind of like it was uh, like most of myself, I try to make kind of system agnostic, it leans towards the 20 stuff. But you know, it could be for 5e, it could be for Call of Cthulhu, it could be for whatever you want to play it on. Um, and I just I love the movie The Lighthouse. So I just made kind of a weird little thing. And then people were like, what system what system and then I was like, you know, it'd be kind of cool to to make this in a way where you could like roll up a character and play it while you're scrolling TikTok pull up this encounter because each page is a different location so you, you complete this page you swipe and then you're at the next location you do a couple rolls you swipe you're at the next location and, and then you've completed an adventure and maybe it took you like seven minutes to play um, so I made a system that it was be small enough to fit on TikTok Th those are these are the parameters where I wanted to build a system that was small enough to fit on TikTok uh, that was stripped down enough that it was easy to look at when it was a small square on your screen and uh, that uh, worked on its own and could be played solo. Mm -hmm. And so I, I drew a ton of inspiration from um, Into the Odd and its derivatives. I, I mean that in a positive way, like the games that came from its creation. Uh, Liminal Horror by Goblin Archives, fantastic game. Um, uh, uh, Dragon Bane. So I, I took these roll under games and I was like, okay, I want to take that. I'm going to make it a D6 system, the most common die, kind of go with that retro mm -hmm. feel instead of doing a D20 yeah. system and make it a D6 system. 
Um, and then I, I, I put it out there. And, and that post was maybe the, my up to, to date was my biggest post at, at that point. I, I got like 70,000 views in the first week. Um, wow. And, and it was uh, right at my thousand person mark on TikTok, which is where you get your live status, where you can go on live. And yeah. I and I and I and then I put it on my edge. So I was like, well, look at that. I I, I published a game. Uh, stuff I've been trying to do. I'm thirty. I'll be thirty-seven this month. Stuff I've been trying to do mm -hmm. for like fifteen years. I got done in like yeah. two weeks on TikTok. So you know, it, mm -hmm. I'm very grateful for 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 the the kismet, the lightning in the bottle that happened. But the, so the system, I just wanted something that worked. It was it was simple and uh, had rules for moving through how your characters would act and then how monsters would act in a DMless situation. You could use the system. You could use these encounters and run them with the DM run for five e. But I wanted to be like, if I really wanted to play a game in on my TikTok app how would i make that work so that that's that's the system the system is is and and, and this most the one that we're using tonight is uh, my revamp retool the survival horror edition that i i nice. put together for halloween i made a bunch of content the week of Hall uh, halloween this year because i wanted to do a one shot i wanted to make a magic weapon a couple monsters um i made a magic vending machine that's in the mall <laughs> i made a um, i made a uh an evil cheeseburger an evil evil margaritaville uh, oh called, yes called murderitaville um <laughs> i found a fantastic minor mode version of margaritaville on tiktok and i was like i have to build an entire uh rest in peace this, this, yeah uh that that you you end up fighting a uh, a mimic buffet uh, <laughs> at the, uh and if you defeat it you get the cheeseburger of paradise of course oh so. hell yeah um, I love I'll be it. looking for that burger. I'm super stoked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess just to round out the conversation on this system, though, like to get, give people the robustness of it, how many adaptations, I guess, of the system have you done? Like how many different time, you know, like, I guess, uh, themes have you been able I've to just, I've just done the I've just done the two. I've done the, 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 like the fantasy okay. setup and then this this modern horror uh, edition okay. of it i did build a couple of like add-ons to it i had a lot of people that were like is this the next is this the thing like let's get on board like i want to i had people that like, hit me up like i want to design can we and the, the truth was that it was just kind of a thing i made um so going forward i you know a year from now i'm hoping to be in my first kickstarter uh for a game and i have two games on my brain and one of them is essentially the expanded version of of instant dungeon uh into its own like core system uh, and uh, not like a coffee table book kind of thing, uh, or and then another game that I won't get into. But um, the I, I I made I made an expanded class list. I made a bunch of content for it when I was writing the wave of it. Um, a couple of more encounters, but uh, I I hadn't touched it since you know this is we're talking a span of three months, so uh, a few months ago. And then I was like, yeah, I'm gonna retool it uh, and make it so that it makes sense for modern urban exploration and horror. So nice. Okay, and I presume you would suggest. So you suggest this this game system specifically for if you want to play a game solo while scrolling TikTok. Um, I, you know I, that was that was my that was my design yeah. intent. You can uh -huh. do that. I think that it's okay. still. Uh, I think that the the back and forth of having a DM is probably preferable uh, for an experience. Um, and I and I uh, the, the 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 adventure, all the stuff I make. It, it's uh, it, the idea is that it's just meant there to inspire. So if a person wants to run a system they prefer on it, I would say that's the best system to run. If you want to run Dead Mall, Escape from Dead Mall, and you want to run it with 
D&D 5e and you have a Zoltar machine in the, mm-hmm. the, the toy store that gives everybody fantasy powers, yeah. uh, then do it. You know, if you want to run kid on, kids on bikes or whatever system. Um, but I, this, this, I think that this iteration of it, I more made it with the idea that there would be a DM. Um, the, what a lot of people told me who did play it is they, they called it dinner. I had one guy called it dinner dungeons, which is actually a really great name. Uh, oh, that's he, cool. he, he wrote everything out. I had on the slides on index cards and then they played it at dinner. So they oh, finished wow. it in a, like a 30 minute session because it's not incredibly complex. I mean, that is, that is by choice. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a fairly simple system. Um, because a lot of times less is more. Um, especially uh, if you're into kind of the modern game design stuff that that I that I plug into, um, mm-hmm. the uh, it's you know just a bunch of cool dudes and you know uh, and and, uh, and I do mean that in the non-binary way. You uh, got <laughs> you got a big guy. You got a small guy. Uh-huh. Yeah, those are um, the two the the dichotomy the two, of uh, the character two, creation. The two type of characters. Yeah, guy? yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm big. I'm small, and I'm yeah. edgy. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, we all could use a Don Gately in our party. Um so yeah, I okay, I think we're pretty much ready to go into the game that you have prepared for us and I think we're going to roll up our characters and get going, but I do have one last question. Sure. And I think this is the same thing the most controversial question for light the last Wait, was there something in the background? <laughs> we good? Yeah, sorry. I, op- I opened my phone to get to my stuff, and uh, yeah, that was my bad. Um, Instant TikTok. Okay, I understand. Yeah, um, anyways, yeah, yeah. I saved. I saved the most controversial question for last. This is going okay. to be a spicy one. You know, okay. sound off in the comments. In your opinion, do you believe the dice are truly random, and why not? <laughs> I I um, I am actually. Uh, the I I am a, a, a famously non non uh, superstitious person. I don't I don't uh, okay. I don't really. Uh, I think that I I don't have the the brain wiring that makes that makes sense to me. Uh, I, I don't have the the stuff in front of me. Mm-hmm. So that is to say, I believe in the absolute chaotic power of the dice. Maybe I am superstitious, mm-hmm. but the other way, I believe in their ultimate power to to do what is right. Um, I actually very recently in all of my games uh, have switched to completely front-facing dice rolls, um, okay. which which was a bit of contention. You know how the discourse. Uh, I don't know if you guys are on D D TikTok, but the discourse was you know, it's the same things over and over again. But a couple months ago, it was you know uh, should pl- rolls be front facing or not and it, uh, there is the answer to that is whatever you want to do who cares it's mm-hmm. your table just, just yeah. shut up. um but I, the the change has been awesome because i i've taken away all the pressure of me trying to figure out when that beat is going to be when the next like interesting thing is going to happen and i actually have more dice rolls in my games than i think typical dnd games um i encourage my players to call for skill checks and uh, they make lots of rolls on their turn because rolling dice is fun um so to answer your question the dice uh whether it's random or not is not the point the point is that they are they are the main authority and that way when my players are dead in a ditch and a bloody (laughs) baron is standing on top of them i didn't do it it wasn't me. <laughs> oh, not the scapegoat. Any, I, exactly. The dice are the scapegoat, and that and that is yeah. that is how that is that is how you should view them. Okay, I like I like Emily Axford's uh, a, a stance on this. The dice tell the story, 
It's like if you fail a check, make it part of the story. You know, yeah. it's like your yeah, super exactly. strong fighter goes up to try to break down the door and they fail. That's a moment that'd be funny mm -hmm. in a movie. That'd be funny in a story. Live as up long to as it, it doesn't stop the momentum. It. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like uh, a no is is just as good as a yes. A no is sometimes better than a yes, as long as mm -hmm. is is it, is it it falls into something else. Um, I, uh, I yeah, I, I hundred percent agree with that. Breaking news, fortune seekers! X Seekers of Fortune now has its pre-launch page live on Kickstarter. Click the link in the description below so you can be one of the first people to support X Seekers of Fortune. Also, there's probably going to be some bonuses if you support within the first 24 hours. So be on the lookout for those announcements coming soon. Thank you so much, Fortune Seekers. Please support the game. Support the show by liking this episode and subscribing to our podcast. And you know what? Support each other. Back to the show. So um, the, basically, the, 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 it's, you know, it's, it's a traditional game the, the biggest difference this is a roll under game versus a roll over game so uh you're gonna use a d6 i got my nice little uh you can't see them right now but they're a little pink little bubblegum pink uh <laughs> d6 is but uh so you'll, you'll you'll need a d6 you could potentially need the full set of, of stuff uh for rolling on tables but i can also roll on this table so d6 is necessary um you'll have two stats you have your uh your power and your persona power is your ability to uh, externally interact with the world and persona is your internal space it is your spirit it is your willpower your charisma your intelligence so you have a physical stat and you have the non-physical stat okay. um as far as rolling up your characters you guys are going to roll 3d6 yep. and you're going to drop the lowest and then you're going to take those two die and you're going to put one with your power and one with your persona of, yeah, I got yeah. four, four, six. Oh, what? God damn oh, it! Nice, that's awesome. <laughs> I know. So this is, uh, this you're is gonna get my story with D and D. I am never lucky with my rolls. Yeah, I mean, once again, failing for yeah, my character. Uh, a, bad, a, a, a shitty character is the best guy. Well, I uh, based on the character I'm playing, I believe I have to go with my power as a two and my persona as a five. So we're Perfect. both okay. two heady guys, I yeah. guess, instead of big, big, strong guys. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, okay, cool. So that is uh, that's your stats. Um, you have to pick a class now. Um, there okay. are three classes. There's uh, inv investigator, mercenary, and occultist. Um, I think they're pretty straightforward. Your your investigator uh, investigates. Your mercenary uh, shoots and stabs, and your occultist uses magic. I will okay. choose okay. investigator. I will be an occultist. Okay, cool. Um, the uh, your class grants you uh, a boon and a unique class action and an item. Um, the class action is an action you get to do for free on your turn. It doesn't count towards your action okay. economy. Um, now we're going to uh, we'll go we'll, we'll get those in a second. Uh, roll three d six. You're going to drop the lowest again. So you're doing the same thing this time. You're going to add those two numbers together, and that's going to make your HP. Okay. Oh man, I have <laughs> a two uh, and five six. again. I got <laughs> the exact same rolls. Yeah, I got so, two, two, four. Okay, so okay. six HP, seven HP. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, investigator, just so you know, um, and I'm just reading my rolls off my my phone right here off TikTok. That's why the mm -hmm. the sound went off earlier. Um, the investigator, your bur your boon is um, you use your persona when you make attacks. 
So you don't use your power stat, you use your persona because you are a clever, scrappy investigator. And uh, when I roll, when you roll for attacks, you roll against your persona stat. Oh, that's uh, nice. Um, your class action, this is your free item, the fr free action you can do. You get to discover something hidden, uh, basically one, once a turn. Um, and now so that could be during exploration during a turn, um, or that could be uh, you know during combat. But it's 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 loosey goosey on purpose. It, it could be an item, it could be uh, a clue, it could be a person. Um, so you just get to as class action. Is there anything hidden? And I go, yeah, it's behind that trash can. Um, and um, your item is a flashlight. Uh, you can't okay. be ambushed with when you have your flashlight out. Uh, when you're ambushed, you don't get to make attacks. Uh, your, your, your enemies uh, your enemies get a boon, and uh, it basically doesn't matter. So as long as you have your flashlight out, you can't be ambushed. Uh, and then you okay. pick the cultist. Um, yep. Your class boon is you get to reroll any six once per turn. Because a six is often a failure. Um, mm -hmm. uh, because you're trying to roll under, and most of the stats are not at six. Um, so once per turn, you can choose to re-roll anybody's six. It can also re-roll an enemy. It's not that you would normally want to do that, but you can any roll that happens once per turn, you can use your reaction to go, that is not a six, re-roll that. Okay, um, cool. Can be so I can re-roll Joel's dice? You can ask him to re-roll. You, you can give him the ability to re-roll if, if he rolls a six. Okay, oh, but he does can a deny it. He can, but a six is going to be a failure Yeah, most of the time. So... Um, Got it. Yeah, so if he's if he's being uh, a bit of a, a goof, my character might just be stubborn enough to deny <laughs> deny it the help. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, and your class action, this is your free action. You can cast a spell. Uh, it's only occultists can cast spells. Um, we'll talk about spells when we get into the game. I'm not going to bog you down with all the rules. We'll just unfold them as we need them. You can just think of it abstractly. You can cast magic, and uh, we can describe it as we want to in the scene, and we can work through what that means. Um, and then your item is an, an occult artifact. Um, it allows you to auto-succeed a check or save once per session. So once per session, if there's a failure, you can pull out your, your artifact, and you can choose to succeed instead on that check. It also is the thing that helps you cast magic. So uh, what, what, what perchance is that item? Oh, I get to choose? Yeah, you get to pick whatever you want. Be a skull or a talisman or a pair of sunglasses can, or. Can it be alive? Sure. Uh, I would like a small orange cat. <laughs> yeah, you have, you have you have a familiar. What's your cat's name? Uh, Winston. Okay, Winston the cat. Beautiful. Um, this is my cat. That's my cat, Danny. Uh, I now need each of you to roll three uh, d six again. We're going to determine mm -hmm. your fear, your flaw, and your vice. Okay. Oh, now I roll high. I hope that's a good thing. I got an 11. Uh, you're going to take them indi indi individually again. Oh, so, okay. Okay. So yeah. uh, should I start at the top then? Yeah, whatever whatever, whatever works for you. Uh, just uh, for your fear, what did you roll? You, you can Five. pick. I don't care. It's, it's a random table, so it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Uh, I'm just going to go uh, in order that the dice okay. are presented. Perfect. Then, uh, you have a fear of silence. So anytime things are silent, anytime it's too quiet, your fear kicks in, and when uh, you're facing your fear, you have disadvantage on rolls. You roll the two, you roll two d6, and you take the higher. So Ooh. any anytime anytime it's too quiet, you roll a little a little little less good. Um, what did you roll? Okay. For me, I also have a five. 
Okay. Right. Um, roll again. Or pick a different number. Pick, just pick, 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 pick I'll a just, different I'll number. I'll put my four, my four okay. in that spot. Yeah. Uh, ghost. You're scared of ghosts. It's <laughs> pretty straightforward. Um, yeah. All right. Flaw. What's the... Uh, Joel, what was your next number? I had a two in the flaw category. All right. Your flaw is that you are a liar. Um, uh, yes, I am. <laughs> that, that works. Giving, <laughs> that, that tracks. <laughs> giving in to your flaw grants you advantage on rolls. So you would roll the two and you would take the lowest. So if you, whenever you lie to people, if you use a, a lie to make a check, that check would have advantage to it. Um, I have a five. And what, a five? You are, <laughs> you're dumb. Okay. <laughs> you, uh, what, what have we got? Like the guy from, um, uh, uh, what is that movie? The Green Mile here? John Cotton? Well, uh, it's a, it's a. <laughs> His persona think, think, says six. Think, think dumb. Uh, think dumb in the sense that uh, maybe you lack intuition. Uh, maybe you lack uh, uh, the reasoning skills. Maybe you're too headstrong in uh, the, your beliefs to take in new information. Yeah, I, can see that. Um, I, don't, I don't think dumb I think has to. My character. I don't think dumb necessarily should be a representation of intelligence because that's kind of weird yeah. and iffy. It should be about how much ab objectively you ignore facts and reality and choose to be. Dumbness is a thing you choose. It's not a thing that you I are. can do that. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, we can play into that. Okay. And then your vice. Uh, the last number, Joel? Six. Um, ooh, other. So you get to pick what your vice is. Oh, like I could pick anything under the sun? Anything you want. Yeah. Uh, Make it something that is doable in a mall. Okay. Think about it. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, give me a second and get you t talk to Danny. Yeah. Dan what did you roll, Danny? A five. Five. Um, your vice is uh, rage. Ooh, uh, you, okay. You get, a you get angry and you can't control it. Uh, indulging in your vice heals you 1d6. Heals? What is that? Uh, what is, does that mean? You get to re-roll it? Uh, no, it heals you. So if you're if you've lost HP and you give in to rage, kick a trash can or uh, you know uh, whatever the, the thing is, you can you get to heal yourself. Okay, and then uh, Joel, if I may, if I may make a recommendation, perhaps uh, ex your your vice could be a, a taste for exotic uh, exotic meats. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, Danny, I I really appreciate your commitment to the bit, but uh, based on my character and the fact that we're in a mall, I would like my vice to be something in the line of uh, fashion slash vanity. So my character, I think, is wonderful. You know, it, it would really map onto my character to be very vain and to want to, even in this post-apocalypse, want to try on the shoes that they pass or you know put on makeup and things like that. And and if and if you become uh, unpresentable, it really affects you. So you're always trying to keep that that look um that look okay. about you i like that i like that um once again indulging in your vice so you know taking the time to stop doing something productive to check out that scarf in the mirror can heal you of course while you're healing something might creep out around the corner yeah it's uh, a okay. uh, um and that's your characters guys you are all rolled up oh okay. no that's a lie that's a lie we have to we have to pick a weapon uh each of you roll a d6 okay. it's gonna be a lot of d6 rolling Oh, no, I love it. I, I was going to say, like, if I were designing a TTRPG, I think I'd want to go with a six, uh, a D6 system myself. That's fun. That's fun. This is a one a one, one uh, dice roll, right? One dice yep. dice roll. I got a five. Okay. What did you get, Danny? Six. Okay. Five is a handgun. 
2d6 oh, damage. Weird, but... Range, uh, and it does exploding. So uh, if you roll a... Um, if you roll a six on the die, you get to re-roll that die and add it to the total. So it's 2d6 damage, and if you roll six, each of those sixes get to a re-roll for them. So you could potentially be rolling. If you get enough sixes, you could be rolling 20 die if, they, if it keeps exploding. Um, and then, Danny, you said that you got a six? Yes. Well, that's perfect. Uh, it's a talisman. Um, oh, perfect. It is a... Uh, uh, Basically, you can target a creature. They make a save versus your persona. And if they fail, you deal one damage. Okay. So it's a, it's a, a you can use it like a ranged weapon. It's like mini, mini magic. Um, because your spells don't, uh, you only have X amount of times that you can use spells. Uh, you're, you okay. can use, you can cast as many spells as you have persona. So your persona is a six. Uh, my persona is six, yes. Yeah, so you can cast six spells in a day, not including the talisman. Okay. Okay. Um, roll one more, one more d6. This is compelling for your audience. Um, just okay. me saying, roll another d6. Wait, wait. Uh, you said uh, that's both of us, I presume. Both of you, yeah. Okay. All right. I got right. a one. Okay. Cyclops. And Danny, what'd you get? Three. Three. Uh, a one it gives you a med kit. Allows you to heal an ally who's KO'd. Um. You just save against your persona. Just tell me, ask how it works if you want to use it. I'll tell you how it works. And a three is ammo. That's funny that you have the okay. ammo and he has the gun. Um, allows you to use a firearm. So um, you guys can switch those if you'd like. That might make more sense uh, for the guy with the gun I, to have the ammo. I would I, I would argue, I mean, I think, I think if we can do it in game, like make it a character moment. Sure, we'll sure. See. okay, yeah, that's fine, that's fine. I brought this clip. Um, you can carry a number <laughs> of items equal to your power stat. So you're you're having to, you're going to have to manage your your items, things you find along the way. Um, if your power stat is low, you can only carry a handful of things, anyways. Um, okay. Now your characters are rolled up. Uh, we'll talk about uh, you don't know any of this other stuff. I'll help you with all this other stuff. Spells uh, essentially, what you have to do is you roll against your persona stat, Danny, um, and then uh, you, if on success, you get to describe the spell, its appearance, and its effects, and uh, you. Uh, Roll um, if you if you have disadvantage it's a d6 damage if it's uh, without if it's normal it's two d6 and if it's if you have advantage on that it's three d6 so it can deal damage with a spell but you can also just you know I make this thing disappear I I'm gonna close the door that the best way to think of it is this isn't magic this isn't arcane fancy magic this is the the type of magic that like Constantine uses or um, uh, the guys in like the supernatural show this is this okay. is. This is like a kind of gritty occult ritualistic magic. It's less like, um, uh, you know, you're going to summon demons and stuff, uh, kind of like D&D fair. It's a little bit more like, uh, uh, you know, I turn off all the lights in the room or I make that, you know, um, I, I, I make uh, the, the drink he's holding burst into flames, something like that. Um, okay. Okay, that's it. We are ready to go. Perfect. Okay. Um, so I'm going to set us up super quick. I'm going to get us in there, and we're just going to we're just going to roll on through. Uh, the setup. Um, <clears throat> get into to my uh, uh, DM voice right here. Uh, sorry, territory. Lion face, <laughs> lemon face. Um, so the Dead Mall lies at the edge of town. Um, people say it's a evil, a gateway to something unknowable, something dark, something dreadful. 
Uh, but unlike most dead malls that closed in the last few years, this mall uh, closed about 30 years ago after a horrific incident that people in your town just don't talk about anymore. Um, mm. And that's a distant memory now. So uh, if you guys have motivations for why your character would be here, um, you can have them. You can just tell me. Or uh, you can uh, I, we can roll for it, okay, because I have a table right here that will give you a motivation. Um, but before we get too far into it, we see the exterior of this mall. Um, it's archways and broken glass boarded up. Uh, graffiti um, and perhaps a singular graffito. Uh, uh, mark the wall and um, kind of show a, a, a glimpse of, of its former kind of capitalistic excellence. Um, and as you both approach the building looking for an entrance, um, we find that the, you guys, after spending a few uh, hours looking together, find yourselves on the roof of the old toy store on one end of the mall. Um, the this toy store has a massive skylight that part of it is broken and it looks like it's going to be the only entrance in as the camera's kind of fixating on you too as the sun starts to set um we see off in the distance this was a halloween uh, halloween special special so the whole, the whole idea is that you guys are here on halloween night uh, we probably mm -hmm. should just not worry about that because yeah, as far as relevancy um but as you're you're there, uh, we're gonna pan down on your characters, and uh, Joel, I'll start with you. Um, I want you to describe your character as you're inspecting the skylight, trying to figure out how you're gonna get down. Give us your name, tell us uh, what you look like, and tell us your drive, why you're at this mall. Yes, darling, I am. Uh, I am Chadsley Ludwig Vanderpump. My enemies call me Chad. I'm a young musician. I'm probably wearing, you know, feathered hair, um, sunglasses on even at night, uh, mm -hmm. a scarf, a little flamboyant in my dress, maybe a little, uh, was it a unitard covered by a leather jacket and of course immaculate shoes. Darling, I'm just perfection. Um, I can't wait to take the stage again, but I need some more fashion. And what better place to find vintage than a mall that was shut down nearly 20 years ago? <laughs> I'm going to find the highest um, highs in here. It's funny you say that because the, 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 the history surrounding this mall is that whatever the incident was, was so horrible. So many people died that um, the vendors weren't even allowed to go back into the stores to collect their goods, their tills, everything had to be left there as part of evidence, the crime. And then as the trial happened, it was going to be this big pi uh, public uh, situation, but the conspiracy ran too deep and it ended up being uh, closed up by the government. So there are, uh, 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 you know, just this place is a treasure trove of, of ancient fashion, as it were. So that makes mm -hmm. that tracks 100%. Uh, remind me your and class again. Cobb story to go along with it, uh, dear. I'm going to just be uh, taking the stage in that kind of outfit is just going to draw all the eyes to me at the Battle of the Bands. <laughs> well, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. Uh, maybe even play a show at the top. You're looking at down on the roof. You're like, this would be cool. Mm -hmm. We could get some equipment up here. Yeah. Um, and what class were you again, Joel? I'm the investigator. You're investigator. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. All right. And then Danny, as like the, the camera, as he, you know, Chad's looking around. Also, are you a Vanderpump Rules fan? Because like, I, I, <laughs> I just, I, I was, I was just looking for a fancy sounding last I, name. Last name that sounded like it came from money. 
I only ask that because I'm a huge Vanderpump Rules fan, and I just wanted to know <laughs> if I found another. I know a bad um, reputation, but I haven't seen. Uh, that's fair. Um, and Danny, as the camera pans over to you, uh, what's your character's name? What do you look like, and why are you here? So, <clears throat> my name is uh, Joel, and I am <laughs> wearing a black V-neck. I have a, a neatly groomed uh, facial hair, and my hair is immaculately pulled back. And I am here looking for my cat, Winston. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, uh, a Van Dyke is what we'd call that, that, that hairstyle, if we were trying, uh, that Thank facial hairstyle. Thank you very much. We it is a Van Dyke. Yeah, Van Dyke. Um, well, wonderful. Uh, pensively and with great, uh, great uh, mental consternation, we see Joel looking down and uh, trying to get the attention of his, his vapid uh, 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 shiny cohort saying, you know, we got to climb down inside. So as you both uh, descend into uh, the space, um, uh, cl- uh, you, you, there's a little bit of, um, of the, the, the glass and metal that's kind of crashed down. And it, if you wiggle your way down, you can get on a, one of these massive shelves in this old toy store. Uh, the old Toys Asaurus is the name of the uh, of the toy store, um, <laughs> a dino-themed to- uh, massive toy store that went out of business in the early 2000s. Um, the toys, Asaurus, um, you guys can can get down there and you can climb down the shelves. Um, as you do, before you do, um, uh, no, as you do, everybody uh, roll a, um, a power, uh, roll against your power score. You need to roll the number or lower. Uh, and if you fail, you tumble down the shelves and fall to the ground. And if you succeed, you climb down very nicely. Well, and you can just tell me number one you've... for old Ludwig. Yeah. All right. Perfect. I rolled a one. So okay. That's that is it. that's a auto succeed. Um, mm-hmm. Perfect. So you uh, you we we see uh, you know Joel. You're like oh well, well we we're gonna have to go down this way. It's the only way to go. And 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 Ludwig just. Uh, like just grabs down the barrels past him and we just see the shelf under your foot you got those nice uh thick boots on uh mm-hmm. uh, uh there there chad and and you you, you just too, too much uh, out of my way gusto. joel there's a reason they call me the front man <laughs> and you go uh front uh front face down uh and you 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 land in with a clatter <laughs> um Okay, uh, I'm gonna roll a d6. We're gonna do some damage. You take three damage from falling down. Oh the, uh... Okay, I'm gonna keep track uh, of that. Remember, you can you can engage in your uh, your vice at any time that it's appropriate okay. to heal, um, as like your action on a turn. Uh, so, we, okay. we the, the, the scene takes a second as Joel makes his way down very carefully very methodically, not going to make a fool of himself or, or land in a pile of sharp trash like uh, Chad almost did. Um, and as you look around the, uh, the Toys of Saurus, the only light coming through the broken skylight uh, that, uh, that uh, you guys came down, um, you see that uh, the shelves lay in disarray and they create almost like a maze uh, to move through. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there is a massive defunct animatronic T-Rex that stands slumped in the center of this maze. It looms over the players as you explore its massive 
silhouette catching the moonlight from outside, making this massive imposing figure um, that almost feels like it's, it's going to spring to life and, and, and get you. But it is, alas, ancient. Um, yes. Alden would never buy that for me. I don't know why. I asked him many times. He got me every other dinosaur in the store. <laughs> Darling, it just really, really just bummed me out growing up. He never was supportive. It's true. That's true. Even though he bought all, all the toys. Um, yeah. All right. So, so as, as my, you guys. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say I'll use my flashlight, I guess, in order to sort of, you know, indulge in my vice. I'm going to use my flashlight to make sure that I'm back straight after, you know, you know. Oh, OK. OK. After uh, my fall. Yeah. Yeah. Joel's you uh, down. Yeah, Joel. Joel. Uh, Joel gets down and, and starts to 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 look around. Uh, Joel, go ahead and roll a persona to uh, to see if you can find the exit to this place. And uh, Joel, as you, uh, sorry, <laughs> real Joel, Chad, as you as you uh, uh, kind of preen and primp yourself, you've got the light. You're looking at this. It's the funhouse mirrors. You know, it's it's a kid's it's a toy store. So you're trying to you're having to like look between them to get the right angle. Um, roll a d6 to heal. Um, okay. Did you succeed, uh, fake Joel? Uh, uh, yeah. Rolling a d6. Five. I'm rolling against my persona. You're just rolling a d6 to heal. Oh, six. Yeah. You just get roll a d6 and you add that to your health up up to your maximum oh. that you that you had before. Oh, okay. Cool. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now the, the the caveat there is that um, while you're engaging in this kind of like superfluous action, we see the camera pan mm -hmm. out as the two of you slightly oh, no. separate. Uh, Joel, uh, uh, Danny's Joel said that he succeeded on his check. Right, you're rolling to 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 find the way out of here. Um, mm -hmm. You end up getting split up. It doesn't seem like a big deal because when you're climbing down the shelves, it's only maybe a couple hundred feet from where you guys were to the front of the store. Generally know where it is, but it, it does curve and twist. And at one point we see Joel kind of climbing through uh, some broken uh, 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 displays. And uh, Chad, as you're there preening, um, you, you shine the light. You set it up on the shelf uh, behind you uh, to, to get the right light. And you start looking around. Um, and I'm gonna roll a uh, I'm gonna roll a d6, uh, Joel. Uh, this is a leather Chad. jacket, not a duster. <laughs> Chad, go ahead and ro roll a. Uh, sorry, Chad. Do do you want evens or odds? I would like. Well, I'm I'm all on the even, but I'm quite okay. an oddball, so I'll go with an odds. All right, rolling the d6, and it is a four. So as uh, you you uh, you're looking, you're primping. You hear uh, uh you hear uh, Joel on the other side. I found it. Uh, and and when you do, uh, you, you kind of jump. And when you hit a mirror, and that mirror falls over, and it knocks your flashlight off the shelf. Uh, and it, as it hits the ground, you can see the batteries fall fly out of the back of it, and it rolls out of your purview. And it is now essentially lost in the game. Um, anytime you engage in your uh, your vice, there is a chance that some mishap might happen. But you did get the health back. Um, all right, Joel. Uh, well, I, fake Joel. I, there has to be some batteries around here. I mean, the, the store was built, or the, this mall was shut down when batteries That's were all fair. rave. They, the the so flashlight is the also the flashlight is also rolled underneath a counter so it's kind of roll it like lands the batteries fall out and it rolls away um and unfortunately because this is a survival horror game it is gone uh you could potentially find another oh, flashlight okay. but, but but that flashlight is gone my friend um 
I was trying to dissuade you from trying to find it or be able to find it by saying the f batteries fell out so it wouldn't be bright that way. Um, uh, but yeah, that, that is lost now. Um, okay, I, I understand now, Mr. Mr. Game Master. I, I, um, no longer do I have the light show here, so I guess I'm just going to have to be little old me. Um, the good news is... Uh, uh, that there that are anyways. I like the there is some there is some interesting stuff in this space uh, if you as you're looking for the flashlight roll a d8 roll a d8 did you say a d8 a d8 oh First okay time. just make sure <laughs> I got a seven on a d8 um you look around and you're like you're like there's got to be something I can I can uh, look with and you don't find um a uh you don't find a flashlight but you do find a six pack of beer that's over uh 30 years old sitting on a shelf somebody was in here partying the night of the uh the, the horrible incident um it's, one can Joel, one can I, got us, you. I got us some celebration ales let's make sure I we might, pack I these might, away i might could uh have a couple of those uh, <laughs> if you uh save them for me i wouldn't mind partaking Okay, well, let me just catch up with you. I think you should hold on to these. I don't have enough, you know, I don't have the pocket space for this. I know you keep a bag on you. Well, I'm never going to say no to holding some beer. Now, you guys are on, on either side of this, this this establishment right now. You're yelling back and forth at you, at each other. Mm -hmm. um, at this point, I'm going to roll another D6, and I want, uh, Danny, at this time, I want you to say evens or odds. Uh, evens. Okay. Um, you hear the you guys are like i brought i found beer and you're like i i could use a beer and you guys are having this conversation um you think you hear a sound off in the distance and you're like shut up shut up but nothing happens so um you are fine uh chad go ahead and make a uh persona to try to find your way through the maze and meet up with your friend uh and in the meantime do you want to try to uh, to open that door uh, over there um danny Danny Joel. Danny Joel. <laughs> I have to say, no, I, pa uh, I, I passed under the wire with my persona. It rolled a five, so I did awesome. it with flair. So you, 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 you come up behind him. You guys are, are, are together again, the way it should be. So I'm looking for a door. Is that right? Uh, you, you found the door, and as you look at it, you can, you can see that it won't open. It's not locked. It looks like something's blocking it on the other side. Mm, okay. Um. So do I need to attempt to open it, or I can't open it? Um, you, you try to open it, and without giving it significant uh, a significant push using your power stat, it's going to be hard to open. Although, as you're looking around, some of the, the, the there's some other stuff around here that might be useful. So you can apply either stat you'd like, kind of depending on what you do. Remember, you have a class action where you can just see things that are hidden. Mm. Oh, no, no. Well, nope, that's, Joe. That, that's, that's chat, yeah. Um, oh, also, yeah, you have yeah. ma you have magic. So if you want, if you wanted to try to uh, to will the door open with your magic, you can you could do that. Come on, Joel. This is why I brought you along. Roadie well, tryouts. You got to be able to get through these things. Well, while you're working, while you're working on that, I'm going to take a look around. Well, I just I need to find Winston, and so I don't know if he's in the toy store or not. So I don't necessarily need to go outside. Well, okay, so I, you? maybe I should call for Winston. Winston, come to Papa. Winston, come to Papa. Papa's here. Papa's here, Winston. <laughs> so I go towards the sound of Winston. 
It's on the other side of the door. I'm looking to capture more than one feline tonight. Oh, okay. other side of the door. Well, before then I will, it's on the, uh, the other side of the door. I will cast a spell in that case to remove the door okay. and the object. Okay. okay. Uh, we'll roll against you. Go ahead. I was just going to say, while the spell's being cast, I'll use my ability to find things to try to find anything around here. You know, okay. uh, I have a bit of nostalgia. Maybe there's a keychain that I could, you know, to swipe off of the the cashier's counter. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of the, the 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 stuff inside the space because of the open uh, the open air situation uh -huh. here. It's, it's it's covered in black mold. This is not a healthy, safe uh. place to be. Um, and as you're looking through, you don't find anything that that feels nice that you'd want to put on your person or your pocket, especially considering your, your, your vanity. But what you do find is a massive control box that uh, controls the animatronic T-Rex. And it's got a big red button, just begs to be pressed. Um, oh. As you're looking at that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let Danny have a chance to roll. Roll against your persona to uh, do your magic. I think that's a six, so you just get to cast the magic, uh, I believe. Yes. Yeah, um, perfect. The you uh, push and 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 you can feel the cat on the other side, and the cat helps give you strength. And the doors buckle on one side and then blow back open, uh, and whoosh, you are able to just pull them open with the uh, the, the sheer force of your mind. Uh, and Winston leaps through the inky blackness on the other side into your arms. Um, as it does, uh, you look behind it, and there are one. There's one mannequin that is standing just right on the other side of where that door was, as if somebody set it up to look through the door. Um, and it just stands there. It's missing its features. It looks almost lifelike, except that it's missing eyes and a mouth. You know, one of those just like like dress forms. But as you look closer and closer at it, um, you it's you can see that it, that, that whatever textures on it, it's wet. It looks like flesh. Ooh. Hey, Joel, you want to see something? I bet you this ride is still nearly as entertaining as it was 30 years ago. Click. Uh, pressing the button, uh, you hear a large sound of a backup generator powering up. And a spark as the exposed wiring and the wetness of this place kind of lights up. You hear a flash of carnival sounds and then the roar of, of dinosaurs as the animatronic T-Rex <laughs> pulls itself up and lurches forward, spots shining on it, revealing that most of its edifice is melted away, revealing the massive T-Rex robot skeleton inside. And it moves forward doing its iconic um, uh, low prices, you know, yell as, 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 as it you know, roars around. Um, as it does that, the cables that support it that have become weak with years and years of, of, of neglect snap and bend. And the um, the T-Rex lurches forward and then back and then forward again. I need both of you to make uh, power rolls to dodge being smashed by this massive 
um, electronic beast. Damn. Okay. This game might be uh, over very quickly. Yes. Uh, I rolled a five. Oh. Joel rolled a five. Uh, against your power? Yes, which is... That's a, a, that's a, fail, that's a failure. Yes. Uh, Ludwig okay. rolled a three. So is that you know, this really uh, this is really inspiring some sort of uh, I don't know a prehistoric skeletal monster capitalism beast uh, I think there's a concept album here mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like five five nights at Freddy's is popular this 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 could this could fit in there <laughs> yeah uh, but, 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 use my boon to re-roll my once per turn uh, okay go for it oh let me think uh, did Three. you succeed uh, Ch- Chad. No, no, I failed. Okay. So, uh, and you, you just succeeded, uh, Danny? Yes. Okay. So the, the, you're like, I bet this will, and you hit the button, and as, as all that's going on, you kind of meet him up at the front. You're like, look at this. This is epic. I could film a music video here. This is great. And as the thing <laughs> turns and careens, it just falls forward. I just went, okay. Falls forward and uh, lands right uh, uh, in the space that you're in, squarely landing on the mannequin that you, now that you guys have turned your back on is 10 feet closer to you. Uh, and the mouth of the dinosaur smashes on the mannequin. Uh, and you're going to take one damage as it barely gets your ankle um, as you dive out of the way. Um, uh, as you help him out from under the rubble, you see the mannequin, the mannequin underneath the mouth of the uh, the animatronic, writhing in pain as it lets out a scream. Uh, its f- limbs flailing about as a black liquid drips out of it until it flails no more and is dead. Wow! I mean, this is this is so trippy. I I don't think I've heard of any this in anything. Not a David Bowie album, not a Yes <laughs> album. Not a Pink Floyd album. I have no point of reference for any of this. This is uh, making me think about uh, the, the movie There Will Be Blood with all the oil and Daniel Plainview. I'm starting to get uh, some P.T. Anderson vibes. <laughs> He's like, did you know that um, that Daniel Day-Lewis? Um, so with that, you guys uh, can move past the, the, the mannequin corpse uh, and head into the deeper part of the mall as we move into the mall. Um, I need to roll a d20 to see what shops are around you. Um, as you move out, you see that there are a handful of clothing stores and a shoe store uh, right as you come out. A lot of these spaces have been boarded up by the police after the incident, but even those uh, artifices can be easily deconstructed. Um, Joel, looking get, now, get on this. This is pull these boards off. I need to get into these places and find my next fashion. So looking now, uh, just so you guys know, um, if, if you if you look at the con- at the, uh, the 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 map that I sent you, uh, that's on the post, that's for players yeah. to use. Um, you guys are moving. Uh, you're at zone one, uh, and each of the the anchor stores are highlighted in red. Those are the main points. Uh, all the other shops in the interior of the mall, or as I call it, the ruined shops, are uh, just the area that you travel through. Um, as you go and head towards the clothing store in the window, the broken window, you see more of those distorted mannequin frames that are twisted and turned and you get a bad feeling about uh, maybe spending too much time 
in the, the kind of the wild space of this mall area too, as it were. Um, you can go inside that clothing shop still, because uh, there is a pretty rad leather jacket just beyond those creepy mannequins. Do you want to go push past them and, and, and try to grab that jacket? Mm. I mean, I do want to go and grab the jacket, but I mean, maybe Joel could leave the way this time. I mean, he found his cat after all. I mean, it's the least he could do. Um, oh, I do see some pants in there that I wouldn't mind trying on. <laughs> okay, cool. So probably you guys the, go up to probably of the cargo variety, I imagine. You go up to the uh, to to the the door, and it has been uh, uh, boarded shut with plywood. You can uh, once again try to use any of your assets or your power to break through that door, or you guys can make um, power rolls to try to slink between the mannequins without touching them. Now you got kind of a bad feeling about touching them you don't really want to touch them maybe they're regular mannequins maybe you're just overthinking it maybe that thing wasn't maybe you're just seeing stuff right um what do you want to do you want to try to go through the window or do you want to try to to to, to get this door down so you can get inside the shop i want to just kind of maneuver through the, man the mannequins okay I think that would be a, uh, a, a nice uh, use of go ahead and roll a, a power check okay <laughs> as you uh you push through the the mannequins uh you're like better hold on to that cat uh is you, you're like like why does he have a cat in the mall um they they <laughs> you he, he's like oh yeah and you the, the cat you you know you say uh it was winston wilson yeah winston winston uh, Winston. Yeah, Winston. Uh, you're like, come here, Winston. Oh, you're right. And Winston, Winston hops up, and you, you grab him. When you do, you kind of teeter in to one of these three mannequins that are on this ledge. And when you tap the one, all three of them uh, turn and vice grip around you. You have, six, you have uh, three sets of arms, six arms wrapped around you. Um, I need you to make a uh, power save to try to slip out quickly before they deal you damage. Four. Is that beat? That uh, I don't have your stats written down, so you just have to tell me whether it succeeds or uh, not. Four. It is. I, yeah. I, tie is a succeed. T tie succeed. Yeah. So you are able yes, to slip out. You kind of fall through. Fall through them into the store. So now we have these three. Uh, the I, I, they're just called things. I'm not very. I wasn't feeling particularly creative when I named them. Uh, three mall things uh, between you and Chad. Um, we'll go ahead and um, uh, we'll say that combat has started and uh, I will roll a d6 on a uh, four through six. You guys take your actions first. On a one through three, the monsters go first. And it is the monsters that get to go first. Um, the things, as they turn, they twist and contort their bodies, their heads like owls uh, turning uh, almost upwards of 180 degrees. The fleshy membrane that I described where their mouths and eyes should be start to stretch and bend. Um, they look more and more horrific, even as you look at them, as your eyes adjust to the darkness and the light, um, as if they were these horrible monsters hiding in plain sight. Uh, they all turn around because they attack in packs. I'll tell you a little mechanical feature about these monsters. They don't have attacks unless they're in a pack. Um, so they all turn around and they leap down 
on you, Danny. Unfortunately, you provoke them and they're only aware of you in this moment. Um, and they are each going to attempt to attack you. You need to try to dodge those attacks. Go ahead and roll um, your uh, power uh, three times. One for each monster's attack. Okay. Wow. Uh, five. It's a failure. Which is a fail. Mm -hmm. uh, two. Pass. Okay. And okay. a three. Pass. Okay. So one of them hits you, um, and they are going to deal you 2d6 damage as they slam you into uh, an old uh, magazine. Uh, uh, I don't know. It'd be, it's, a, it's a clothing store, so it's a uh, it's one of those those uh, racks where all the socks are right by the checkout. Uh, and you are going to take five damage as you are uh, uh, pushed to the ground, uh, knocked over. The one that did succeed is grabbing you and is now has you grappled so that you'd have to make a check to get away from them. And you cannot take any actions except your class action while you're grappled this way. Um, but it is your turn now. So I'll go ahead and I'm gonna kick it over uh, since you're, you're currently uh, tied up, I'll kick it over to uh, Chad. What do you wanna do since uh, you're not really the focus of their, mm -hmm. their vitriol? I, I, I draw my gun and I say, back off my roadie you pay less posers. <laughs> and then I try to shoot. And I remember Perfect. that I gave my bullets to Joel just in case I got a little too blue tonight and thought about having the rock stars way out. Oh, God. Oh, God. That's so dark. Um, I mean, I'm making flesh monsters over here, but that's uh, you. Uh, you have enough. Uh, you have one in the chamber. You, uh, OK. Uh, um, but as far as your ability to uh, to continue to fire that, you're going to have to get that clip off of him, which he could easily give you if he gets his arms free. Um, so go ahead and roll um, against your uh, persona to... Yes. Uh, no, against your power, uh, because uh, uh, that's Well, a but I'm, uh, my boon is persona for attacks. Because uh, you're an investigator. Yeah, so roll against your persona. Please, no whammies. Yes, I succeeded. Nice. A crack Blam. shot I am. Father made sure of it. 100%. Um, you uh, fire at it. Go ahead and roll 2d6 and deal your damage. Okay. Now that makes me feel like a man. <laughs> Let me shoot my metal penis oh, at you. Oh, double sixes. <laughs> then you, the roll, you, roll them, you roll them again and add those to the total because bullets exp oh, have exploding my. dice. Roll again for uh, each one. Which I got eight on that. So what is that, 20 damage? That's 20 damage. Uh, crack shot. Uh, the, skele the, the the mannequin that is wrapping up uh, other Joel, uh, just its head explodes into uh, tiny bits of plaster and fleshy membrane. Uh, and he is able to get free. Uh, because of the massive damage there, I'm gonna let uh, him toss you that clip as a free action. Uh, so uh, go ahead and roll your power, other Joel, to uh, see if you can accurately toss that clip to him. You're like, oh, shit. Well, I guess I should have never have taken this from him uh, to begin with. Five. Okay. You toss it, and uh, it flies past uh, Chad. 
Chad, uh, landing uh, a good 15, 20 feet in the interior of the mall, uh, down by one of those, uh, the, all those old gumball machines and the little like horsies you put the quarters in. Uh, okay. that, that, that there's a little stand over there. Um, very cool. You're, uh, never, you're never tossing me my guitar on stage. <laughs> never again. It is still your turn. Uh, that was just a free action. Uh, so what do you want to do, other Joel? Uh, are there still two other mannequins attacking us? Still are two other, two other mannequins. Okay, I will... Um... I will tell you right now, because of the sheer adrenaline boost of him just completely obliterating that, that uh, mannequin, you have advantage in the situation. So you're going to roll uh, two dice and take the better result. Uh, also, if you cast a spell right now, it will do 3d6 damage instead of two. What are the limitations of my spells in terms of what they can do? Not a lot. This is a quick one shot where fun matters okay. the most. <laughs> tell me what you want to do and I'll tell you how it works. Okay. Hell yeah. I love uh, the system. Okay. So could I conceivably cast a spell to leave them all with the cat without chat? To leave them all with the cat? Um, yeah, 100%. You could do that. Um, go ahead and roll against your, uh, roll against your, <laughs> your, uh, persona. Oh, I got a six. Oh, perfect. Uh, which is a success for you, correct? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, roll, roll 3d6 and we'll see, uh, how many, um, how many feet in 20s you're able to get away from this, this spot. See so if you actually get outside of the mall. Four, six, five. Uh, four, five, 15, six, nine, total. fourteen. So uh, who can math? What's fourteen no, times twenty? Yeah. Fifteen times twenty. Uh, fifteen times three hundred. Yeah, you're you're all the way back in the parking lot uh, by the car. What? Uh, <laughs> Joel, uh, get back here, you feline <laughs> loving brute! I brought you here for a reason. Uh, just, uh, you're just one longer. <laughs> You get back here if you ever want to be on the road with me again. I need somebody to clean my shoes. I'm going to As use my yelling. liability. You're better. You're never going to be anything without me. Lying. <laughs> you, uh, you, as you, uh, you yell these things into the ether. I mean, you can't hear you. You're like, you're nothing without me. Um, the mannequins. Uh, sl uh, uh, walk up to you. You're so upset. You're so dismayed. You don't recognize that they're coming up behind you. And because you guys have given up on the power of unity and friendship, you both fail. As the uh, mannequins seize you and grab you, Chad, one on the left side and one on the right side, they pull, and as they rend you into two separate pieces, you say, Joel, I'll never... <laughs> uh, and you are dead. Um, and <laughs> no, this, this is a Tom Ford original. <laughs> <laughs> and that, my friends, is how you play Instant Dungeons Survival Horror Edition. <laughs> oh, Winston, you brought the beer. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. Wow, man. This is, we're going to need a therapy session for that abandonment right there. What? <laughs> hey, <laughs> I took care of number one. I got Winston out of them all alive. Now, to, to be mad about that. To be fair, I might have said no to that in a normal play situation, but because we're, we're getting towards the long end of a podcast, I decided to <laughs> yes and uh, you decided yeah. to leave. Um, I thought that was pretty funny. So, Wait, yeah, Danny, what did you say about, about the other players hating you at the last game that you were in? 
<laughs> well, but but it, it was it was a strategic decision since I have a heart out in twelve minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think that was okay. I think that was a clever and I, uh, so once again, it's about assessing their players' needs, right? Uh, you need to leave, and uh, <laughs> you need you needed a little bit of spotlight, Joel. So we both we both win. Mm-hmm. Oh, epic epic death! I, I really yeah, appreciate epic death. it. Who so there are. There was a few more things about about uh, Ludwig I wanted to get out, but you know we might save that for some bonus content. That's fair. That's mm. fair. Yeah, um, we can, no, al- we can was... always. I was just. I was going to say we can, we can al- we can always plan a, a, a full playthrough of an actual an actual. Let's session, do it. If that's some, if that sounds yeah. If that sounds funny, you guys. And I and I won't play as Joel this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad I didn't come with the same concepts. I think it would have been hilarious, but I'm just, I if think that would have probably been a little too yeah. contentious if we were playing as each other. Yeah. It would have, it would have awesome. been good, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, that, I mean, that gives you a little taste uh, of what your system is like, how quick it is to play, how malleable it is, how rules light it is. I, I, I had a great time, and I really it's hope a- that uh, folks at home can you know, go and check out more about it. Where can they learn more about that? Um, I will have uh, this entire game system along with um, with the supplements of the mall, the system, all the stuff I made for this. I'm currently in the process of packaging it up. It will be available on my itch for X amount of dollars. I haven't decided how much. Um, or uh, when I do have it ready and available, it will be free to everybody at my $6 pro Patreon. So I have two tiers. I have a $2 tier that's like, hey, buddy, I like you. I like giving you $2. Uh, and then there's my $6 tier. Anything that I create that is behind a paywall will be free to my Patreon uh, members. So that, that will be available uh, very soon. Probably, probably. Um, uh, I don't know when these podcasts air, but I assume before the podcast airs. So What, what was uh, the um, price point on Instant Dungeon? Um, the instant dungeon, uh, the actual rules, uh, you can find them for free on my TikTok. You can also find the fantasy version for free on my uh, on my itch on uh, itch.io slash dngn club. Um, so uh, I, at this point, none of my content is mine to paywall. Uh, well, I'm perhaps fine. this one could go for six dollars and sixty six cents. Oh, I forgot! I forgot to uh, say well, I was trying to, to, to streamline some stuff, but uh, the uh, the uh, the way I calculate how much money your character has, it says you're supposed to see how much change you have in your pocket currently, and that's how much. I, I did read that, and I yeah. I forgot to put on pants with pockets, but I was planning yeah. on just taking my coin jar and putting it into my pocket. There you go. But, there uh, you go. It would have been I, very I, helpful. I, I, got nothing to buy here, but yeah, um, I've got no cash. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can you can uh, you can follow me on TikTok. Uh, TikTok. Uh, uh, my handle's the the dungeon manager. Um, you can follow me on itch. Uh, once again, it's uh, itch.io slash dngn dungeon club. Um, and uh, my Patreon, patreon.com slash dngn. It's so hard to say without looking at dngn club. Dungeon club is there. I have all my links in my bio on TikTok. And yeah, yeah, I'm just like making toys and I like playing games that's all you're good at it we appreciate you you coming on and doing this jack we uh Mm -hmm. we wanted you to hang out with us for a long time and i'm glad we finally got to make this work and hopefully we can do it again yeah i had a great time i really appreciate you guys being so flexible yeah absolutely for sure yeah awesome all right well just uh i guess to wrap things up uh well just to make sure jack was there anything else you want to get out there before we wrap up the show 
Oh, oh God, that's a lot of pressure. Um, <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, no, I mean, I, I love, I love, uh, I love all, all my followers. I love all my uh, patrons. I love all of my uh, my players. I love my my friends and my wife and my child. And I, I have all. Uh, and I and I love and I love this. I love these games. So, um, uh, come be my be my friend. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would recommend. <laughs> yeah, definitely would recommend paying this man to send you through an, ad an adventure. I, I just got a little <laughs> taste of the free experience. It was wonderful. The Dungeon Master at TikTok. Uh, uh, Danny dungeon Ma dungeon manager. manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, oh, sorry. The Dungeon Manager yeah, on TikTok. Yeah, kind of a bad handle. You'll <laughs> and Danny, did you have anything that you needed uh, to get out there before we go? I love you, Joel. <laughs> I love you too, That's Danny. Nice. All right, guys. Well, this has been Danny. I have been Joel, reminding you that you must start somewhere. So why not here? Because it's haunted in a creepy mall. Theme music by James Holden, produced and edited by William Wymore. <laughs> <laughs>